No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. And you know I'm in here today with my right-hand man, Sharp. Yes, sir. And we have decided to sit down with it's the epic. legend. It's epic. Jay Diggs. Hey. In the building. Whoa. <laughs> I appreciate y'all having me, man. And yeah. introduce us to your right hand oh, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Big my big homie, Big Don, man. Yeah. Romper Room Gang, man. Let's go. Yeah. Hey, very, very nice to have you in here. How are you living? Pretty good, man. I can't complain, man. Just appreciate the time. Yeah. Yeah. How was the tour? Uh, you know, it's still going, but it's been good so far. I just got out of Kansas City, yeah. Tulsa. Yeah, yeah. Running around. I'm everywhere. Yeah. I got to be in Seattle tomorrow. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I'll do it. You got another show out there? Uh, no, nah, I got some uh, some promo shit, video shoot, all Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't being in Kansas City. That had to be a little. Oh, it's always, bro. They that's one thing about it. They 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 love us out there, man. Yeah. I get a I get a turnout out of this world anytime I go through Kansas City, bro. That's one of them spots, man. That you know, over the last psh, wow for me, it's been since probably about two oh oh six, probably like oh six when my movement started out there. And I've been yeah, it's been gravy since. Yeah, they went crazy. We had that thing filled up. That's live right there. What you got next on the list? Where you going? Give right. us a couple dates. Yeah, I got uh. <laughs> Kansas City, I mean, excuse me, I got a Seattle. From Seattle, I'm heading down to Portland. Uh, Portland, Oregon. I got a show in Portland. From there, I'm headed uh be back in California. I got to open up my hair shop. I got, a, I got a brand new hair shop I'm opening up in Sacramento, a hair studio. So I'm doing that. What kind of hair shop we talking there? It's a hair studio. You know what I mean? It's just barbershop slash, okay. slash uh, 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 hair shop for women, too. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's in Sacramento. So nice, though. Upscale. Real, real upscale, though. It's real, real oh, nice. She's on the upscale Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, mixture, yeah, yeah. Real upscale. You know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. how you constantly keep them coming through yeah, the Yeah, you're going to feel like royalty. <laughs> you pulling that thing, you're going to feel like royalty. You're going to feel like royalty when you step in that shop. You're going to, yeah. I like it. Hey, so uh, let me ask you this. Uh, since it's the first time that we ever sat down, can we lay the story of the early days of Jay Diggs before we get into more Definitely. current events and whatnot? Definitely. For sure. So, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about where you're coming from and everything. Thank you, Vallejo. I want to yeah, know about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, 707, man, oh my. So, yeah, yeah, this it has been a story that's been told several times. So a lot of people that do know me will know it. But for the people that don't know me, you know, my home is the Bay Area, 707, mm -hmm. Vallejo, California, the Crest, to be exact. Yeah. Um, my movement is up under Mac Dre. You feel me? That's the Thiz Entertainment Movement, which used to start it off as Romp Records. Turned into Thea's Entertainment. Yeah. Um, I might be one of the only people old enough to remember the Romper Room, the original show, the show. that you guys yeah, named yeah. it after. Exactly. Because that shit was some old shit. Even when I was a kid, I remember it was kind of already on the way out yeah, exactly. in terms of the children's TV show. Yeah, exactly. And that's where it came from, That from that show. That's where the name came from originally. And um, so uh, as far as our crews, you know, Dre was a, a Bay Area pioneer. You know, he put out his... He put out albums, in, and, and his first album was, what, 89? Mm -hmm. uh, he dropped his first album in 89. And so you knew about him? Like, let's slow it down a little bit. Like, so when you were a young kid, like, where were you at even when you found out about Mac Dre? Was he just always kind of in your in your line of sight? Vallejo, California. So Dre, Dre went to Hogan High School, and he went to high school with some of my other cuties. So you guys about the same age, or are you yeah, a bit Yeah, Dre's a year older than me. Okay. Dre's, Dre's a year so older. So you were in high school at the same time, but he's at a different high school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I went to Vallejo High. He went to Hogan High. Okay. And um, and my cutties, uh, actually, my 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 little cousin Kilo, Don, and them, they went to school with him. And uh -huh. Don, you went to Vallejo with me too. Um, and um, so I met Dre after them. They brought Dre to the neighborhood, which is our neighborhood, the Crest. Mm -hmm. You yeah. feel me? And um, and I met Dre through my little cousin Kilo. You know, just being at at, at Kilo House. And uh, Dre was rap at the time. Dre was really on his rap shit. You know, that's what he wanted to do. He was rapping but he was in the streets too you know Dre grind he was doing all this, this was in the in the 
scary, you feel me? So everybody, right. everybody wanted a piece of that pie. And our neighborhood, that's what our neighborhood was. Our neighborhood was was a block, you feel me? So so when I met Dre, he was, you know, he was he was really in his his early years of I, I wanna be on his rap. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? He was he was he was rapping his ass off. And um and, and the crew, the crew was 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 supporting him. You know what I mean? Everybody was behind him. The crew, the neighborhood was behind Dre at the time. Yeah. And um so he was doing talent shows and doing shit like that. And then um he had um he had a he had met some with some of my other homeboys that was in the game, Renard. I'm give a shout out Renard and Drip that was in the game and he hooked up with a, a famous producer from our area, his name was Kyrie. Kyrie played all the instruments and all that. Yeah. And, they, and they, they they hooked up together, they started a, a label together. And it, um at the time it was Young Black Brother Records. Um no, it was before what was story we started with before well it started at, at uh at Romp Records and then and then strictly business and then and then went over so it was strictly business that's what it was strictly business first and then went over to uh Romp Records I mean over over to uh Young Black Brother Records after we went to jail so we ended up catching a case in 92 1992 Dre ended up catching a case with me he ended up being my co-defendant but how did you end up actually working with him or doing music with him, or did you guys unite on more of a street level at first? Oh, we, 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 he was he was the he was the rapper first. I was rapping too, but he was the rapper first. Like you like, said, he got brought over to the neighborhood one day. Yeah, and yeah. Voila. He he mm. was he was he he was the rapper. He was all he was always that was always his passion. You feel me? I rapped mm. too. I was in the game. I rapped too, but I wasn't the rapper. You know what I mean? So we had other dudes in the crew that rapped too, but I wasn't the rapper. I was doing little doing music. I did talent shows. I did all type. But Dre, we, we knew Dre was the dude. We it's, knew we knew that that's the, that was the dude. He was the spokesman for the crew. Yeah, you it, feel it me? It seems different though, down where y'all from. Like it ain't gangs, it's blocks. Yeah, it's Everybody neighborhoods. Crews, it's neighborhoods. It's neighborhoods. It's neighborhoods. They don't really like gang bang. You know, what nah, it's, 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 it's families. It, it, it's blocks. not a crip and blood thing in the Bay Area, bro. It's it's where you from, what city you from, what neighborhood you from in that city. Yeah. And that's what it always been, bro. You know, we 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 had to, for years. It's crazy because for years, bro, we had to really, you know, we wanted a few neighborhoods that's a real neighborhood that don't got that. We had to fight that out our 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 hood for years. Our 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 section, the Bay Area. You know, we went through a lot. And it wasn't like uh, flags didn't come down there. They used to try right. to come down there flagging and doing all. That. Yeah. But it was up to us as the older OGs. Even my son, and you know, we had to jump out on them at one time. Like, hey, hey, no, nah, we're not doing that out here. Don't really start that. Bloods right, and Crips yeah. were trying to take over blocks over there, and and the the it blocks kind of so trying to take over just the following the you influence, know, the influence. You yeah. know, everybody seeing it, everybody want to be part of it. Everybody got a cousin from somewhere to come down to the neighborhood, and he hanging in the neighborhood now. So we had, you know, we had times where 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 the neighborhood we had to go through some, make sure that you know that this don't get took over. You know, it was it was one of them things. But here to this day, the Bay Area has never been known. For mm-hmm. Crips and Bloods, it's always been a neighborhood thing. Even though they say cousin, but yeah, but no, so it's not in the same sentence. In the same damn sentence. In the same sentence. It's true. It's very yeah, confusing sometimes. So okay, but you were doing street with Mac Dre, or was it mostly just rap? Um. So so Dre 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 was on his rap. Me and my crew, we was in the streets. Right. We was doing Dre. You know, Dre did street. Too, Dre, Dre, but Dre did wasn't doing everything that they said Dre was doing. As far as mm. you know, we we got yeah. in, we got into robbing young. You know, as teenagers, we started robbing. We was knocking off, started knocking off uh, uh, pizza parlors, hotels, all the. Then we moved over to banks. You feel me? So by the time we started hitting banks, you know, got out of control. And then Dre was really at a buzz at the same time. So we was doing our thing. 
you feel me, as far as, as, as in the streets with these banks and shit, and he was working his music game. <laughs> so when, um, when Dre was, this was 91, 91, at the time in 91, Jive Records was in the Bay Area. They had Too Short. They had just signed E-40. Mm. They had signed Spice One. And they was trying to get Dre at the time. So when that all that was going on, but we was hitting licks. And Unsolved Mysteries came in. Mm. It was to the point where it was, it was so fucked up. We was tearing yeah. shit up so bad. Unsolved Mysteries came in and ran an episode of us in the Bay Area with the bank robbers. Was that shit. exciting or was it upsetting? I mean, it, I mean, of course, <laughs> a bit of you, both. you doing the shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's upset. It was at the same time. It was like crazy that they was coming covering our story. Like, literally came to Vallejo and filmed. You know what I mean? At, at, at spots in Vallejo, the whole series and all the shit. But were you like, oh fuck, we gotta stop doing this? It's on TV. No, because we really, and, and it's a crazy story. So, so <laughs> some niggas being too deep. So, Adam, so, by the time so, that happens, so, so it's like, no, nah, but he wrong. he did a quick succession from like round table pizza to the bank robberies, from what I understand, yeah, that it accelerated very quickly. And it's ta- it's hard to go back to four hundred bucks out the cash register when yeah, you have just yeah, hit yeah, for forty yeah. grand or whatever, yeah, right? And then and then you know it's like anything else. If if they do an unsolved mysteries, then they don't really know much, you know. Mm. And that's how we was feeling at the time. We was like, it was crazy because when the night that the unsolved, the unsolved mysteries shit aired, mm-hmm. I had actually walked in my mom's house. I and I'm walked in, and, and my family was watching the shit. My mom, my dad, I think, my sister is in there, and they like this episode. They talking about the dudes doing the bank robbers because the bank robbers was all that's all you seen on the news every other night. Mm-hmm. So they was they was running the shit. So when I come in, I'm watching it, and and they show they had an actual live clip of me. They had an actual live clip of me running up at the time. It was uh, they were showing uh, a round table uh, pizza right. place that that uh, got robbed, and that was in uh, Hercules, California. So they had showed a live clip. I had a jumpsuit and a mask on, of course. But me, I'm seeing myself. I'm like, oh shit. I'm looking at my palms sweating, my mom and them watching. I'm like, and I'm, to me, I'm feeling like, oh, is my mama seeing this shit? Do she see what's going? Right. And I was shook up, but. They never said nothing, you know. They never was suspicious. Never felt like it was me at the time. So you know, after after that shit was over, we we got together. We talked about it, me and the Cuddies, and like, well, shit, who who y'all thought that was? Who you seen that? You seen that picture they showed? All the shit, you know. Well, let's, who, I, who, who who was who they did the reenactment on? And we like shit. Let's be honest. Like, is he was talking about like from pizza joints to bank robberies? I mean, four hundred only gonna go so far between these niggas. It's getting grown now. You I ain't gonna call it four hundred, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How much? <laughs> how much do you hit the bank robbery like thing? Like, how much is the most you ever got out of one? <coughs> we did. We did a buck and some change was probably the most that me and me and somebody else did, Damn. and that was and that was you know that was exceptional. Especially but it back was then, that's yeah, pretty, yeah, yeah, pretty yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, and it was split, and it, and it didn't come like that. It didn't come like that regular. You had you had some Just drawers though. Right? Yeah, yeah. This was drawers and boxes. So you 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 and depending on you know hitting the corners, you know that was that was one of our countermen over there. He don't want to get on camera, but Kilo was one of our countermen. He's one of the best to do it. Dude hit the counter and be behind some shit, pulling out boxes and 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 all the shit. And, and one of the key things is you really could have got more money out of the banks, but if you understood bank robbery when that's what we was doing, we, we you know we, after doing it, you you knew. Starting knowing about the trackers and the die packs. That's what I was gonna say. Did they have that shit back Hell then? Hell yeah, they had that shit Hell back yeah. then. Hell yeah, they had that shit <laughs> yeah. back then. And we had a couple experiences with it. That's how we learned about it. Really? So um once you learn about that, then you know that you can't just go in there and just grab everything. You feel me? You gotta be more careful when you're doing shit, grabbing, squeezing. You can shake it to fall right out. They just slip it right between the little money. They have little money that they give motherfuckers or or you know 
And that was the thing with us. That's why we jumped the counters. You know what I mean? If you let them just give you, they're going to mm. give you whatever the hell they want to give you. But if you go over there and get your shit, then you can pretty much, and you can't just grab like that. You had to grab, squeeze, and you can feel the dye patch. You can feel all that shit in there. I got a question. Do you still, if you're scrolling through YouTube and you see a documentary about some crazy-ass bank robbery shit, do you still have to click it and watch? Hell yeah. I got to see. <laughs> I got to see who did what and how far they got. You're never going to fall out of love with the game, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, you yeah. got to see that, man. Like, you me. catch out the corner of your yeah. eye real quick. Like, yeah, I'm saying this is some bullshit. I mean, I hope Michael Jordan's still concerned with up-and-coming basketball players. I don't know if he is, but he should be. Right? Yeah, I, mean, I would like to think he's still got a love for the game. Shit, yeah, I, I just wanted to see, and especially today's time, like with the technology. See, we the that's reason, what I'd be we, interested we if I were you. Yeah. You put plexiglass in banks. We the reason why that mm. plexiglass is in banks. You can't go over counters no more because of us. You can't, you know, you there's no interaction. That's why all that shit was there yeah. because we was jumping the counters, and that was that was at a time. And see, if you understood that, then you you knew too that they couldn't push the button that where they wasn't supposed to push the button until. The robbers was out the bank. Mm. So because if they pushed it too early and the police get there, you're going to cause a hostage situation. Right. So knowing all this made it easier if you knew that, hey, if we get in here and we do this shit right. They can't even alert the police until we out the bank. Mm. You understand? Right. So with all that understanding, we executed and we killed the game for a minute. Like we really killed the game. And then it just... What happened? It domino, just started getting harder? Dom, domino. No, a domino fail. You know, slip ups, slip ups. One of the first was... Uh, a robbery out in Richmond with with some of my crew. They had a uh, they had a they had a uh, bank robbery, high speed chase. They came out the bank and uh, the police was uh, outside. That was one of the, one of the first ones. And they had a high speed chase. Um, another one was yeah. Another one was a whole another high speed chase too across the bridge. Shootout with the police. Oh wow. So yeah, it was all kind of little shit that just. Start leading everything. Start leading to Vallejo. Then. So you were ready to have a shootout with the cops before you just handed the money over and went to jail. Um, you, you know, at that. Point. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I gotta ask. I gotta ask. <laughs> For me, I'm picturing as soon as the cops are on I mean, me, it's like, all right, I give up. I, I mean, you know, it's it's one of them situations, and it's crazy because the way they had set us up, yeah. um, they they literally set us up to put us in that kind of position, and it, it was lucky that, that that we noticed before they did it because they they followed they followed me, Kilo, and Mac Dre. To Fresno, California, they followed us, um, knowing that me and Kilo was going to rob a bank. Oh, you're I, talking about the one that you actually ultimately got caught yeah, on. Yeah, the one. Right. We, we Any one of your homies ever got hurt on one of them ventures? Um, no, no. Did anybody get hurt? No, ain't nobody get. I, you I, know, I, as I, far I, as like the shootout shit, you know what I'm saying? No, like anybody shoot, ever the got was hit. going at the police. Oh, I'm sure that yeah. was happening, but I'm just yeah. saying, no, I'm no, sure they, they shooting back, you know no, what I'm no, saying? No, it's it's actually, a shootout. That's how you have a shootout. Actually, actually, shoot. actually, actually, I swung the door open on the bridge and shot at him while he was behind him to get him off of him. The police didn't even get a chance to return fire. Mm. Then they jumped out in the neighborhood and, and broke, and one got caught, one got away. And then that was kind of like one of the first leads. Like, okay, this is going back to these niggas over here. Let's go start investigating. And, 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 and truthfully... That's when everything should have stopped, but niggas gonna be niggas. You were yeah, addicted. Sure. You were addicted yeah, to yeah, the yeah, money yeah, at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole movement. You know what I mean? It was just like you know. And it was just a totally different it. level of and, speed when it comes to getting money versus like selling crack. Seemed like real yeah, slow in I comparison. Did, I, I, yeah, definitely. Like, mm. bro, it was it was it was five minutes, bro. Like you literally, you feel me? And when you did it, like it, it became to me. And, and certain few individuals that I dealt with, it became more like a job. Like instead of getting up and, and going to the block and standing outside, I was getting up, riding past shit, 
Looking at what these banks is looking like. Yeah, see look what this shit looking mm, like. The parking lot. How close oh, okay. to the freeway it is. Yeah. You feel me? Now I call one cut cutty. I see one that looks sweet. Man, it's right by the freeway, right by the exit. We can get on, bam, get to the bridge. And you feel me? So it became that. It became that. And then it it, it came to the point that, you know, our crew, our crew was literally based like eleven people. So it'd be like two, three niggas would get together and, and go do some shit. The other crew don't even know. Niggas be like, man, y'all, was that y'all yesterday? So you weren't expected to have everybody in on it. No, everything. no, no, okay. you couldn't do that. You couldn't do that. It wasn't, it wasn't enough Too money to really slick like that. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah really we'd get, get together. That was my go-to man over there, Kilo. Me and Kilo. But he was everybody. Everybody tried to get Kilo with him because he was the he was the he little fast motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> everybody wanted Kilo with him because he's going to hit the counter and he's going to get it. He's going to get it. Yo, this shit must seem like the good old days because nowadays with there being a million fucking cameras on the highway and shit, it probably seems like a completely different game, right? That's what I'm saying. Today's technology, you couldn't do what we did. You would have to do something else. But you were the start to help that technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's what we're saying. You trained the cops, basically, yeah. Uh, or gave him somebody to target at the very least. So okay, no, most definitely. How often was Mac Dre rolling along for this kind of stuff though? He was just like well, you know, on equal no, footing with y'all, no, no, or he, not really? He, he never rolled on a lick. Dre never rolled on a lick. We, 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 you know, we, we, we knew what Dre was to the crew. We Dre was supposed to be our the one. That was our Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. bro. He was right. the one. Get us out of here. You feel what I'm saying? Get us out of here. We gonna we gonna do the other shit. You feel me? So he, the only reason why that Dre even ended up with us on that particular time is mm. because backstory. Maybe two weeks before that, week week two weeks before that, we had a show. It was, we just Dre was just cracking his first show out of town, yeah. And it was in Fresno, California, and the show was with Ice Cube and Dub C in the Mass Circle. And Dre was opening up, and he took us the crew, and we all went down there. Now this was at a time we had already fucked the Bay Area up. We tore everything up. So while I'm out there being me, I'm scoping shit, and I tell my little cousin Kilo, yeah. I see some sweet shit. This town virgin, yeah. it ain't ready for it. It ain't happened out here. <laughs> they don't know nothing about it. Right. Let's come back. We, yeah. had, we had met some little bitches out there, so it was perfect. Like, right. Okay, let's we, we locked in. So we spent the night with the little chicks that night while we was out there, did the little shit. We all met bitches, and we was getting ready to go back. So when I was, me and Kilo had planned to go back at the same time, there was a, we had a, a, a foreman that was wearing a wire, like literally I was wearing a wire on mm. um, this dude named Corey Dunn. So, uh, and at the time, uh, see, that's a whole backstory to that. <laughs> I got, no, that's cold we, right there. Yeah, yeah. So we had, we had, we had a foreman was in the car with us at the time when, um, so that morning Kilo called and This was a nigga y'all knew. Yeah. This y'all was, knew him So, so well. the informant was actually a dude who used to steal cars from me. That was his job. Yeah. You oh, feel okay, me? yeah. He was a car thief. He was. I called him, hey, bro, I need you to give me a car. But he knew what they was going to be used for, so I used to give him a little extra because they're going to end up on the news and all the shit. So he knew what time it was. And he did this for a minute with no problems, but he fucked around and caught a case on some other shit. Yeah. And while he was sitting in there with his case, they came and pulled up on him and told him they pulled his fingerprint off of a car that was used in a robbery. And they said, we know you ain't ain't doing no robberies, but you a car thief. You've been stealing cars since you was 12. You know who doing it. And ultimately, trying to get out of the case that he did, he turned around and said, yeah, I've been stealing cars for Jay Diggs and the romper room and blah, 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 and boo, boo, boo. So then they turned around and told him, well, okay, you need to wear this wire and, and go get him to it. So he, they let him out on that case. And he came and got back up under me, not me, not even knowing that he had caught this case. He come get back up under me. And then at the time, I'm like, okay, we finna go back out to Fresno. So I say, I'm gonna need you to come to Fresno with me and get me a car out there for me and Kilo. 
So in in the midst of this, he asking me like, bro, can I can I drive for y'all? I just got out on some other shit with my baby mama. I need some bread, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. And he's never drove for y'all before. Never, never drove. He just got the cars and yeah, dropped them off. Dropped and them you off. chip him off a couple extra for Exactly. This particular That's time. That's awkward right there already that yeah. he wants to drive for you. Yeah, but this particular time, we're going out of town, <laughs> too. So, yeah. and that was, well, you're right. That was actually, but we're going out of town, so it's normally me and me and, me and Cuddy. So yeah. I'm like, okay, we're going to let you do it. We get a car, I'm going to let you go ahead and drive for it. We'll throw you something. So it's, now, the morning that we're supposed to leave, I'm in a, literally at Dre house. He got a studio at the house. We working on some shit, so some music that I'm working on. Yeah. And I'm talking to Kilo. We finna get ready to leave. Dre hear me talking like, bro, where y'all going? I want to go too. I'm like, oh, bro, we finna go down to Fresno. He take this shit off my mouth. We're finna go down to Fresno. Yeah. He say, um, well, yeah, what y'all going? I'm on to go. I'm like, man, we, you know, we finna go do the whoop-de-wop, Dre. You know how we get yeah. He's like, man, I just, like stay, I got a little bitch out. down. I'm a little bitch I met when we was out there, bro. I stay at the hotel, man. Y'all come get me when y'all done. Yeah. So, okay, fuck it. Let him ride. We get out there, do all the shit, get the little chicks, go through the mall. He's signing autographs. We doing all the shit. We do supposed to go get the car that night. So he, we got our separate hotel rooms. He tell us he going to get the car. Call me. I got the car. Okay, bam. We see you in the morning. That morning come. We get up. Me, Kilo, him. We go downstairs. We in the car. <laughs> and the red flag. First thing I noticed when we get in the car, like I didn't. He didn't gave me 20, 30 cars. First thing I so noticed. nothing new. Yeah, first thing I noticed was he had the ignition was blew out. Like it was like, it wasn't, you know, he used to hit the stern column and all the shit and give me the little screwdriver and go. And this was, the, the ignition was blew out and he took some needle nose and did some shit like this. And I'm like, man, bro, you ain't never did that. He's like, man, yeah, I was trying to find cars all night, blah, blah, blah. So I, I overlook it. And then, so we get over to the uh, to the bank. Now we in downtown Fresno. We got a lick. We finna hit downtown Fresno. Hit this Bank of America down there. So we slide by, we pull up to the parking lot. So 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 me and little cousin, we in a car. We we literally finna get out the car and I notice I, I notice a, a news van across the street. So I'm like, hold on, guys, let's wait for this news van. Now it's a van that got the satellite on top of it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, you know, it normally got a it camera. It had no news sign they, on the side or it just blank? It had the news sign, but it had no cameras around. You know, normally it's a camera somewhere something they finna be outside. doing something. Yeah. So I tell him, hold on, let's let's wait for this camera, this van to leave. But the van just sitting there. It got tinted windows. It's just sitting there. And at the same time, he say, man, you see these little cars with the antennas? Back then, it's when the feds used to ride with little Aries and shit. But we downtown, so I'm like, oh, maybe it's, you know, you see these cars downtown, but everything is just starting to not feel right. So we like, you know what? Let's go. This ain't feeling right. Literally shot it like that. Actually, I was finna get out the car. I was stepping out. I had my mask on. I was finna step out the car. And I got back in like this and closed the door, just like that. So we said, let's go. We turned around, left. Dude still trying to, hey, man, bro, you sure, little man? We, I need this exit, man. Come on, let's go. We go back, pick up Dre, get on the freeway. Had, got on the freeway, literally leaving Fresno, two and a half hour drive back. Halfway there. So dude, he keep the stolen car. Now, mind you, let me take you back. So I'm, I'm we Y'all drove the stolen car back? We in my rental. Okay. Me, Kilo, and Dre. At this point. Yeah. Corey, he keep, I'm like, man, just keep, he's like, he gonna keep the car for another time. Okay, fuck it. You riding that car. So we on the freeway like this, back to back. He pull over. I pull over on the side of the freeway. He come back and ask us for some weed. I'm like, man, come on, bro. Give him some weed. And he run back to the car while he do that. Now, Mac Dre sitting right here. I'm driving. Mac Dre look across me and his face like, he looking at the freeway. And he's like, bro, Cuddy, I just seen Ritz. I'm like, Ritz? 
Like, bro, he looking still at the freeway. He must have had a real eagle eye if he could spot somebody on the fucking highway. Oh, like Dre. That. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of outlandish. Drove right past it. But then I turned around, and Kilo looking like, man, I think I seen him too. Yeah. <laughs> he like, I think I seen him too. I'm like, y'all sure? He like, bro. So now we like, what the fuck? So I pull on to the freeway. Dude then pulled off. I pull on to the freeway now. I go, we on the 99. I go across the middle of the grass and start going the other way. And all the cars start pulling off. Hella cars. I'm in the mirror. I'm like, bro, they own us. Ain't none of them got, they all under cars. They all, all type of shit. Trucks, vans, all type of little shit. So they busting use them. I'm like, bro, we finna go down. So we light a, uh, a, a joint. We were smoking joints back then. We, yeah. back with. Yeah. we light a joint. We talking. I'm like, bro, you already know. We ain't did nothing. You know, Dre was at the room. Me and Kilo, we, we ain't did shit. Like, so we like, it's hush mom. Smoke the weed. Next thing you know, a car pull up from about a mile and a half back up one with lights, pull us over. They sit a helicopter on us. Cars, they jump out with all type of AKs and shit. It's all the feds. Sacramento feds have followed us from Sacramento. Hooked up with the Fresno feds. They followed us for another day and a half. Their plan was to let us go into the bank and was going to come out and... That's when they was going to get you. Yeah, it was going to... Or they was going to... Had to kill a nigga, one of the two. One of the two. But yeah. they ended up charging you with it regardless, even though you didn't so, actually yeah, they do charged, it, right? They charged us. They didn't even step out of the car, bro. They charged us with conspiracy, which is the planning, which that's right. we was conspiracy, right. and attempted bank robbery. Mm. They said we took substantial enough steps... Towards the bank robbery, meaning that's how that, that shit be. <laughs> meaning that we yeah. made the planning, that right. all the shit saying that we, if we wouldn't have seen the van, because they had the recording, they're hearing a little shit about this Tim and this news van saying that we took all the steps and we wouldn't have seen the van, that we would have robbed the bank. So that's an attempt. Mm -hmm. We pulled into the parking lot with intentions to do it. And we so we went to trial on that. We're like, hold on, hell no, hell no. I, what is that? You know, like, how is they going to give us an attempt and we ain't even got out of the car? Yeah. Now, mind you, we 18 and 19 years old. Kilo 18, I'm 19. Dre, 20 at the time. So we like, fuck it, we going to trial. And Dre, they give Dre conspiracy. Now, mind you, Dre ain't never robbed a bank or nothing. Did Dre know what we was going to do? Yes. So technically, that's a conspiracy. Because we rode in a car together. He knew what we was going to do. Right. But so what? He had a hotel getting some pussy doing whatever the hell he doing with another chick while we doing what they doing. You're a part of the conspiracy. So when they, they what they planned was was to charge him with the conspiracy and get Dre to fold. That was their thing. They was like, okay, we get him, he can give us everybody. He can give he us the whole everybody. romper room. Because there's other niggas, like I say, there's other niggas in the crew. This just us caught. Some other niggas in jail, other niggas on the streets. So he like, he can give us everybody. So they was trying to pressure Dre. So Dre went to trial too. Dre like, man, we, going, we all going to trial. So we all go to trial, bro. We sitting just like this at a table. Me, Mac Dre, Kilo, all three of us. We go through a two-week trial, do all the shit, all the shit, and they come back, find us all guilty. They give Mac Dre five years, give Kilo eight years, give me ten years. You thought you were going to beat it, or did this seem like it was already not going to go well? No, I mean, shit, I thought I was I thought, really thought we was going to beat it. I was, to me, I'm thinking how, at the bare minimum, they guilty for conspiracy, yeah. But here's the catch-22. Hmm. The informant never came to trial. So my lawyer, I didn't pay, who I paid $60,000 to, yeah. tells me, if he don't come, we got this. 
How'd you uh, convince him to not come? So, well, we didn't convince didn't him. Convince you sure? Do I don't think they could try you for it now. So, 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 what did they? So they did some. So, you were thinking it too. So, 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 but, but that's the cold thing about it. That's what the DA did. The DA painted that picture. The mm. DA said that some members of the romper room crew had kidnapped him, yeah. and what they couldn't get a hold to him, and that his mom and them told him that he had been kidnapped at one point, and told if he come to trial that he was gonna be this, that, the other. They said all type of shit, and they said this in front of the. Uh, in front of the uh, the court, where it got to a point, they told him it got to be. Th he couldn't say that it got thrown out, but they already said it in front of the jury. Said all this bullshit. You know, it was unproven shit. It was just hearsay. Then they started pointing out people um, in our in our courtroom that was members of our crew and saying that they hear to intimidate because the courtroom base, mind you, was full. Mm. When we was going to court, when we was going to trial, the courtroom is full to capacity. It's all in the news. Mac Dre romper rooms, all the shit. And like I say, this was the breaking of. The dudes behind all the bank robbers to them. This is oh shit. This is it was all the time. This was them. You feel me? So this was this was crazy news back at the time. So um, so with, with that with that being said, we all like I say, we all get found guilty, get sent to the feds. Mac Dre do every single day of his um time at Lompoc Federal Penitentiary. Not a low, not a camp, not a medium. Every single day, parole from Lompoc. You say that to say that they wanted them bad. Oh yeah, they wanted. They want them to suffer. Yeah, well, yeah, because he didn't break. You feel mm -hmm. me? And well, in these times, in these days, bro, you and hey, mind you, man, let's go back to the fact that I stated that Jive Records wanted him mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Let's not get that fucked up. Yeah. So now you put one of these young rap dudes a day under that kind of pressure where they got. <laughs> A major label, a major label, and they niggas on the line, mm -hmm. which because he could have easily walked in there. Drake could have easily went home within. Yeah, yeah, I know everything. Yeah, Kilo, Diggs, uh, Don, he could have did all that shit. It, but, oh, they would have gave him a trophy to get up out of there, and he could have went right back to his career. Mm. You feel me? But he yeah. didn't do that. He went to prison, and, and, and that's why a lot of people be like. Well, why you go so hard for Dre? And I'm sorry, and I just told you. That's why, right? I there. just told you. Because it could have been way more crazy. He gave up his career, he, my nigga. He gave I watched up his it. career. He gave up his career. I'll be the first one to say that. You feel That's me? Live. I apologize to his mama when that happened. You feel what I'm saying? Our whole family sat in there and watched us go through that whole shit. And and like I say, he is the only person that I can say from the bottom of my heart on every child that I got, and I got ten of them, that I know went to federal prison for something he had nothing to do with. Mm. Yeah, he knew what his niggas was doing, but he ain't had nothing to do with the planning. He had nothing to do with none of that shit. He just took a ride he, with y'all that day. That day and he that, was trying to go hang out with the little chick that he met, feeling like, okay, it's, it's, this work is usual. I see y'all when y'all get back. Yeah. You feel me? And, and, and he got caught up. So how long did you do? Did you end up getting out early? No, nah, I did 10 years. I ended up getting more time. I caught a whole nother case. I know I what the feds, they want. Pretty much all of it. Yeah, man. I caught I caught a, a, it. I up. caught an induction case. case uh, bringing in marijuana. It's called contraband, but bringing in weed. How are you doing it? Uh, through balloons. They were flying balloons. No, no, no. Uh, I was swallowing balloons. Oh, okay. I was with swallowing, weed. I was swallowing balloons in the, uh, yeah. in the visiting room. I would go in the visiting room. Go in there, throw them up. I would go in the visiting room. My little chick, she would go pop some popcorn and shit, and she'd put some or or and put some little white balloons and shit in the popcorn. And she'd do the colorful ones in the M and M's and come and sit my shit down and. And you'd have to shit it out or throw it up? Either or. Sometimes really? I would throw it up, sometimes I would shit it up. How much weed up. is the most you ever had in your stomach at once? I would only do like an ounce at a time. Shit. So it would be like, so So what I got caught with, I got caught with 15 balloons. And what they did is they put me in a dry cell. So I was in there. I eat, swallow, drink my shit, do my visit. 
So after the visit, at the end of the visit, they tell all inmates to the back of the visiting room. So that was, you know, regular. So we go to the back of the visiting room. So on this particular day, it was a long ass line and everybody waiting. So uh, I tried to go to the back, you know, open the door like, bro, let me go use the bathroom. And, you know, trying to look, I opened the door. They got all kind of lieutenants and shit back there. They like, oh, no, nah, come on, Diggs. I'm like, oh, no, I wait. They like, no, no, come on, Diggs. Glad you popped your head on up in here. They was already in there getting their whole shit together. How do you think they knew? Huh? How'd they know? Cameras. Uh-huh. Cameras, cameras, and, and what it was is they was already. I was, I was every every time, you know, every time I would go on a visit, somehow they had the best weed on the compound. You start smelling that shit everywhere. Mm. People start talking, all the shit. I mean, it's only a compound. You feel me? People start figuring it out. Yeah. So they start after a while. I had been on the compound for a minute, so after a while, they kind of figured out that mm. I was the one, one of the people bringing in weed. And you were so, smoking it and selling it. Yeah, hell yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. I it just feels like, yeah. because I, how much is that shit going for at that, like, oh shit. must have been a lot, literally, right? Literally, bro, in, in prison, you could take an ounce and break it down, of weed, and break it down to about $3,000, bro. Mm. And one ounce. You could literally, sick. like. Niggas up in there smoking Yeah, pears. nigga, they, bro, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 yeah. Yeah, what was the preferred method of in, ingesting it? Because you weren't smoking the woods in there, right? Nah, uh, we, we, we we would tear everything from the wrapping around toilet paper to Bible paper. Mm. It depended on what you what you can find. Uh, yeah. they sold they sold you know cigarettes at one time. At one time, you know when we first came in, um, they still sold tobacco. So we would we would get the uh, the little they sold black and miles and shit like that. But then after after that, when it started getting like that, we would just start bringing it in and making sure they had papers or whatever else with it. We had zags. Make sure you put a whole balloon full of zags and all the shit. And then eventually it got, you know, at one time, you know, we had the COs. It was different times. But when I got caught, I was bringing it in myself. And I got, literally got, they took me to a dry cell. They made me shit into a pan. And they came in with cameras and watched me use the bathroom, went and played. You feel me? This oh, must have been. Yeah. <laughs> was this a humiliating experience? Yeah, 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 definitely, bro. Because, it, I mean, I said, they had me in a, in a cell, like, literally with the light on all day. No bathroom in that motherfucker. Had a had a slab of uh, metal in the middle of the room. You feel me? And it's in the hole. I'm in the hole. So everybody got all the big wigs come walk through there every day. They come and they looking all in there. Oh, yeah, what are you in there for? They telling all my business. I am in there with just some boxers on. And, you know, I'm in there going hard. You know, when you in a hole, you start going hard. You're going, fuck y'all. You know, all the shit. Because what happened was... The, the the lieutenant tell me, he said, bro, you give me, it was, matter of fact, it was the captain. He said, you give me three clean shits, and I'm going to let you out. So when I go in that thing, I go in there the first night. I give them a little bit, clip it off. They go play in it. <laughs> they go, they, they, clip it. Yeah, they go play in that. They go play in it. Yeah, this real shit, bro. Let me tell you, this prison shit. They, they, go play, shit. they go play in it. Come back. Okay, you clean. You feel me? They yeah. literally coming down in my room with a camera, a bedpan. And all this shit. Like, so you, you're so in control of your own bowel movements that you're able to sort of like shift the balloons up no, and I'm move not, the shit I'm not down. Them, though. No, so but you, you, you want it, right? They had it moved all the way. He down. said so, they gotta give him three. So yeah. he's like, he don't give a fuck, nigga. If it's a little nougat, yeah, nougat. Oh, yeah. That's one. Yeah, that's one. Give you yeah. another one. That's so, uh, yeah. So you know, wait, wait, wait a few hours. It's shit like Russian roulette. He's hoping everyone. Everyone, I'm praying don't nothing come out. So literally, I literally, I literally had gave him three, right? So they tell me, okay. Well, you got to wait till the captain come in in the morning. And woo, woo. so the captain come in at lunchtime, like, and he come in there. He tell me, he say, Diggs, you know, I know I told you three. And I normally would be three. He say, but, you know, he say, my, he say, my, my, my informant's normally not wrong. He say, you give me one more clean one. Bro, the next shit, I gave him 15 balloons, bounced out of uh. me. It was everywhere. I blow. <laughs> 
He was, was a straight over. mule the up in that bitch. The came out at one time. But it, was it was over. It was over. Yo, does it does Yo. it feel different smoking something knowing that it has passed through the human body? Uh, I mean, shit, when you in prison, that shit is... Yeah, Whatever works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about, yeah, motherfucker ain't <laughs> think about none of that. Yeah, we yeah, just yeah. happy to have it. Next yeah. shit I smoke, I'm going to be thinking about that. I'm going to be so thankful. Bro, yeah. Th be thankful, bro. This is a beautiful place to be because that shit up in there, bro, it's a different way of life. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And we went through it. This nigga, 18 years. He did 18 years in that thing, man. I got my niggas, all my niggas, like I did, my 10 years that I did was short. Mickey Kilo, I got a nigga just came home from 27 behind bank robbery. 27 uh, years. Yeah, yeah. They still, they give out uh, sentences like that as like a, getting a five or an eight year sentence is that kind of thing of the past with the bank robberies these days? Well, shit. I mean, I don't know if it's a, I don't even know what they're giving for bank robbery right, right mm. now these days. But back then, Bro, if you got if you got caught red-handed coming out of a bank, bro, you was finna yeah. get you you had some time to do. Mm. Our situation was different. Like I say, we was just a conspiracy in a town. Yeah, they caught y'all on a freeway somewhere. Yeah, these, these niggas got caught bank robbery. He got he got a real bank robbery car caught right after. You feel me? So it was a different thing. Then what's more, uh, our crew fell like dominoes. Our whole crew went down. Oh, really? You think Everybody it was that same down. rat? Or you think it was just... It, no, it was they just were the, just fact, it was just the fact that they was on to us. Okay. And and, and niggas was hard-headed, wasn't stopping. It was, you know, still doing shit. What happened to this dude who ratted on y'all? Was he, like, allowed to come back around after that with uh, anyone? Nah, or was he blacklisted? Nah, nah, nah. He, he, yeah, me and him. Me and him. We, when I first came home from jail, it's crazy, because when I first got out of prison, this nigga had a house probably, like, three miles, three, four miles in the cusp uh, from... from from my neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, the informant. This nigga had cars in front of us and everything. Me and him went to war when I first I talk about this in my book. I really got a book. Wait so, a minute. You, you, so you, how do you go to war with him? Oh, we we had literally had a shootout in Vallejo in the streets. Like, right after see, you got out? After I got out of prison. Hell yeah. Damn. Hell yeah, we had a shootout right in the middle of the streets. I was on his head. Like, I was tripping. I so came you, home. I came <laughs> home ready. So I was crashing I was out. Yeah, I, 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 I ain't gonna lie. Like, when I first came home from prison, yeah. bro, I, I had a whole different mentality, bro, because... First of all, my, my, my thing with, with informants and, and snitching is is is, is zero policy. I just had did ten years behind dude. So yeah. I had so much anger built up towards him while I was doing my time. That's all I was thinking about. I was like, man, I I'm 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 on this nigga. As soon as I see him, as soon as I get home. Like ain't mm -hmm. no way we could be in the same city. So, you know, when I first came home, it was all out war. You know what I mean? We 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 you know, we 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 seen each other two times and both times I tried to get on him. And then I ended up moving to Vegas, and while I was living in Vegas, he ended up getting killed in 2010 on some other shit. You feel me? But he had so many people on his head for different shit that he was doing. You feel me? That it was just inevitable. Damn. So yeah, he he dead. He's a dead nigga. <laughs> I guess you don't feel too bad about nah, it. I don't give no. a fuck about none of that shit. <laughs> I was dead for band, 10 years, bro. Yeah, he's, I was dead for 10 years, yeah, bro. Like, uh, he took me away from my family. You know that happens. Shit happens. Wow. So you were just getting into too much crazy shit up there that you decided to move to Vegas? Uh no, nah, you know, I can't yeah, Vegas Vegas was a whole nother story. When I came home to Vegas, so you know, after 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 um after we got incarcerated, you know, the, the next movement from our neighborhood was Mag Moore. So so Mag Dre got on the phone and he tapped in with with with, the, with, with our people's Kyrie and them and he told them, you know, put Mag, Mag Maul on. So 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 Mag Maul became the next movement out of the crest while we was in jail. You know, he had, uh, and uh, Tupac actually uh, produced his first video. Young players got to get it together. So, um, Maul was our next movement. So, Maul was hot. Maul was cracking. He had songs, Guapale. 
He had uh, Keisha Cole, all the shit. So he was on BET. He was doing his thing while we was doing our thing, while we was doing our, our time in prison. Yeah. So when I came home, you know, I I, I, I tapped in with Maul, too. You know, Maul, Dre, both of them is my niggas. So I tapped in with Maul. Maul was living in Vegas at the time. Maul was a P in Vegas. He was doing his yeah. thing back at the time. I remember Maul. Yeah. 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 We wouldn't know anything about that. Uh, he's in Vegas? No. Yeah. Not our style. Oh, man, oh, man. We, 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 know, we, we know who it is. Wait a minute. <laughs> real recognize real me and this I man. I said it's not our style. Why are y'all touching hands? One thing about it, man. Me and this man, they walked on some of the same carpet in Los Angeles. What? For sure. You've misled me. Yeah, yeah. Damn. I misled you. Yeah. I have no idea. Ain't that about a bitch? <laughs> okay. But, so, uh, yeah, Maul was, Maul was in Vegas at the time, yeah. and, he, and he, was, he was living his life in Vegas, and I went out there. And he wasn't getting up till midnight. Yeah. And, and, and I got out. Like, mind you, I went. To Sounds prison. about right. That's the morning time. Mind you, I went to yeah. prison. I, I went to prison in nineteen and got out thirty. So this was wild to me. Like, whoa! I get to Vegas. I'm coming out in the middle of the night, and I'm just limelight, limelight. So fast life. Yeah, I got turned out on Vegas early. So then I got in the game. And then it, when <laughs> you when you turned out, and it, it was when it was the truth. Yeah, it was and crazy. I was still so late, though. I was still late. I was but still late. But it was still somewhat real. You know what I'm saying? It's, I was still it's late. crazy. What year you moved to Vegas? I moved to Vegas in 08. I was okay. moving in and out of Vegas in 07, but in 08, I made it my home. And that's when I dropped Vegas Nights. It was going in. I had then. a popular song called Vegas Nights. It was going yeah, in, though. It was shaking I, up around that I, bitch. I, at one time, I was living with 10 bitches in Las Vegas, bro. I was I was different. But that's before that, that shit was human trafficking. That's why I retired. Yeah. That's why yeah. I retired from... Change from, from when the, the laws change. It was just human... It was pimping and pandering. And, yeah. and, and peas was, was cool. And it was cool to, to be a pea. And it was, you could walk around with six bitches. And everything was fine. And, and, and now you do that shit, you going to jail. So, you know, I, I got out of that shit. You know, that was that was that was in my in my early stages when I came home. You know, I was I was cross country. People. What was your your method of, of doing business? Were you like having the crib where people could maybe come to the crib or you at the truck stops? Like there's a lot of ways to do this, right? No, uh, no, nah, nah. my bitches moved all around the country. I was nowhere around. Man. I lived in a big house in Vegas and, uh. and, and and my bitches used to travel to the country and sometime out of the country and they just come back with it. It just yeah, <laughs> man. That's just what it was. Must and, be nice. Yeah, I did well, that. it shocks some people because <laughs> they think that you know you just got you're keeping your foot on her neck twenty four seven, following from a, behind and, the yeah, bitch. And I, I didn't come no. from. I, 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 you know, this was when I came home. The, 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 the internet was very, very popular. Was was not popular. Was not popular at all. Everybody was still so. Outside. But when you was it fucking was brand with new. it, but if you knew about it and you knew how to play it. Yeah. It really did it, cut out a it, lot of the bullshit. It was homie. brand. It was brand new. Yeah. So 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 when I came home and I got a hold to the internet and I seen what was going on the internet, I said, "Wow, let me let me try this for a minute." And it, and it was it was it was it was it was good. It was good times. We we rocked out. I had porn stars and I had all type of shit. Yeah, I used, that's I why you LA, know, I used to like, be in LA dropping girls off to porn houses and all type yeah. of shit. I used to do all that. The shit. internet's been popping. You see this <laughs> talking about a digital pivot, but nigga, we was playing with the internet back in 07, 08 on Backpage. Nigga, I was, Craigslist, I was playing Craigslist with the internet back a, in 04. Yeah, I was playing with that shit. Oh, I started playing with it in 06, 07, man. Right. I, I mean, said I, digital pivot, we've been doing, man, Backpage, fucking Craigslist. Craigslist used to have its own fucking ad for it just. For it before Backpage, Red Book, Red, Red Book Red was Book. moving. Red Book Man before Craigslist and all yeah, that shit. I watched vibes shit. or some the shit like that. All that shit is the one still going. Arrows, Arrows been Arrows around. Arrows longest. been around over twenty years. Yeah, really. Arrows yeah. been around Arrows over been around twenty around years. That's the longest one. That's the only. That was the first one where you had to pay money. You still got to pay. You it's, like two, it's like two. It's like two fifty, three hundred bucks yeah. to sign up. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, Arrow's Arrow's Arrow's. You gotta been pay around, that shit. Arrow's been around for years. I don't know what they doing now. I don't know what sites they own now. Like I said, I don't that know was, shit. Yeah, yeah, that was that was that was what I. What You're I not was. even a customer anymore. I was never was a customer. Oh, okay. I had never was a customer. You got to dabble, bro. right? You got to dabble. I'm like, you know, I can pay for this wood, Adam. I can pay for this wood. I ain't Shit, I might buy some pussy one day. Yeah, that's a difference. I respect the game now. I might, I might have to dip and dabble. Yeah, yeah. You can charge for that thing, man. You got, you don't have to. He pretty much does. Yeah. Yeah, you a porn star. Right? Yeah, he does. Yeah, that's charging. Signing girls to OnlyFans deals. Same thing. Oh yeah, that's I'm not gonna that's, lie. That's, that's charging. Hit some good licks on that. I've been watching. You know how many girls ask me to come do content with? Matching and shit, walking through. Ooh yeah. I'm with that. I got my bitches matching. They all got the brand on, man. Oh yeah, you going crazy in that moment? Walking through Vegas, walking through the porn convention with three, four girls. We all matching, wearing the same outfit. I feel like I know. The game a little bit right, right. then and there, you know. <laughs> see, I, I know see. that feeling that y'all are chasing. Uh, see, see, yeah, you know, you know that feeling they chasing. That up a little bit. Like, how do you feel at that moment? You know bro. that feeling they chasing. Adam? <laughs> I'm gonna show you something real quick, Adam. I'm gonna show you something real quick. Oh shit! Oh shit! Yeah, yeah I've been doing it, Adam. Oh shit! Look at his little squad. Everybody in Adidas tracksuits. <laughs> wow, that's a nice little squadron right there. That was years ago, bro. That was years ago. That's how we used to ride. Yeah, you look young as hell. Yeah, you slide, slide through. You slide you through. Look, slide, look at my dude. Slide through. Damn! Oh, we gotta, we gotta definitely. That's what look. you call your baby pictures. Oh, you baby pictures back, right back, here, man. You know, <laughs> what the fuck? Back. He's in Honolulu, yeah, 2012, yeah. with a ukulele yeah. in the ocean. All matching. Now that's fly. What the fuck? Yeah. Damn. Ideas, bro. Look, you got white bitches. All nah, white. You gotta move. Man. All white. Back then, it was you know that was a movement. Oh, white. Can't never say you never been really around. You never been blessed for game, man. You can't never say it. I'm yeah, trying so, to get in that game. So them was my early. Them was, nah, nah, nah. You don't want to do that now. Them that shit over with. Fuck it. No, don't do it. Adam. I could do my time. <laughs> he said I could do my time. I'll be swallowing balloons full of weed in there. <laughs> they throwing they throwing the keys. Away with niggas down, man. You don't want that. Man, let's yeah, talk about your music career, though, man. Like, how'd you really like? Because you say you wasn't really fucking with it. Like, y'all looked at Dre as, oh, you know, I we rap, but that's really his thing on the professional side of things. When did you say, fuck it, I'm about to get professional too? Uh, so, you know, you know, as far as professional, that was, I just had the avenue. So yeah. when I was in jail, you know, I was rapping through the times I was in jail. And then yeah. when I was when I would do shit, you know, we had shows and everything in jail. Right. So of course. I would come out to the pound and I would do shit on the pound. And and everybody would come out. All the real niggas, niggas, they wouldn't even come out. They sell to go to child sometime. Used to come out and listen to me, you know, do my shit because I used to talk about real shit. Anybody know my music? I used to roast snitches. I used to go to the hole after shows because I'd be talking about snitches on the compound. They'd have been and warned me like, bro, we told you you can't say that. You know what I mean? But I used to go hard, bro. I, you know, I just kept it one thousand. That's one thing about me and my music. I always kept it one thousand. Always told stories, real stories, real life stories. So being in prison. And getting the support from them and, and, and real niggas saying, bro, you you the truth. Yeah. Go ahead and fuck with it. And then being able to come home and having Mac Drake. Mac Drake came home five years before me. So that got him a chance to get back on his shit. You see me? So by him being able to be having an avenue for me, it made it easy for me. So I came home, and I just followed suit. When I first came home, I was Drake pulled up on me at the halfway house. He said, look, Cuddy, bro. Glad you home. He say, bro, we on this rap shit now. He say, bro, we not robbing. We not doing none of that shit. I need you to stay focused and fuck with me on this shit. 
That's what I did. You feel me at first. But what what was it like seeing him go from just like a dude that you were growing up around to seeing him become like a fucking huge movement where all of a sudden you got like countless people copying him, want to be just like him and in, influencing music so much? Like, what was that transition like? Oh, it was it was super dope. It was crazy to see because you know, like I say, when I came home, I was five years later. Yeah. He was home already. So one of the first things we did, we he had a good a ass head start on you. Yeah, we we went we went to, we went to a show. We we all jumped in the car. We drove down to uh, I think it was Olympia, Washington, mm -hmm. and he had a show with a uh, Dre Dog there. And I never forget this. We was in the back. We pulled in the back and we came out. And when we came out of the show, and we came out to Too Hard for the fucking radio when it's for classics, and I'm looking and it's two thousand white kids singing every word. Now I'm fresh out of prison before I left. You know, we was just had did our first big show, and that shit was Fresno, and it was different. Right. And I seen this shit, and I'm like, wow, we way in Washington, and this this was, I'm like, this is crazy. Like, Cuddy really got something going on right here. So I seen the movement as it was going. Like, we went to, uh, he picked me up. When I got out the halfway house, he picked me up, and we went to Hot August Nights in Reno. Y'all know and, about it. And literally, bro, we pull up in that city. Car bro. joint, right? Yeah, yeah, that's where all the classic cars yeah. at and all the shit. Yeah. And we pulled up in, into the city, bro. And, and when we pulled up and got out, to, uh, we was we we got out the car, bro. They like swarmed him like he was Elvis or something, bro, in the streets. And it was like, I'm like, you know, like I say, I'm fresh home and I'm seeing this. And I'm like, bro, this is crazy. He really got him. He really had a movement. Because I, I didn't even go to, like, NorCal until, like, 2008 because I'm from the East Coast. But I, that's my memory is, like, going to San Francisco for the first time and realizing, like, oh, everybody here is massively influenced by Mac Dre. He's been dead for a few years, but they still listen to him like so, he just came and, out. And, and that brings me to a big point, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you said that. Because, uh, um, so, here you had uh, JT, the bigger figure. Who, said, who I had on recently. Yeah, yeah, I had it recently. I'm sure you had a good time watching that. Who, yeah, yeah, I loved it. <laughs> actually, actually, I, I'm glad you did the interview because he, he, he took back a lot of the lies he said before, okay. which, which, which was, was big that I'm still going to clear up over here. But um, one, of the, one of the things uh, that, 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 that was said that he had said was that uh, after Dre passed away that I, I made all this money and I did all this extra shit with his movement, right? And, and that's not what happened. Let me explain something to you. When, when Dre passed away, right, we had a movement started. It was called Thea's Nation. So, and we had a plan. The plan wasn't even all the way into effect. The plan was to reach out and grab motherfuckers out the Bay Area and bring them into what was called the nation, okay? Right as we were starting to calculate that, Dre passed away, okay? Dre business partner at the time was my little cousin. When Kilo came home, Kilo and Dre started Thea's Nation together, Thea's mm -hmm. Entertainment together. They was partners. It was Romp at first. All right? They started that together. So, naturally, his job as a CEO of the company is to keep this little movement alive. My job as his homeboy is to keep the movement alive. And that's what the fuck we did. We reached out. We kept reaching out to everybody in the Bay Area. That's where you got the, the Mr. Fabs and shit like that. Yeah. Them, all them came into the nation. You feel me? And we pushed a movement. We made Dre face. That's the stamp. That's the record label. You feel me? Everything we pushed, we kept pushing. We made sure we're not going to let Dre name fade away. You feel me what I'm saying? That's something we always did. So we put out projects, the nation did, with all these different artists for years pushing this movement. Not Dre music. These were new artists, this me and all these different artists that was all up under that movement.
Now, me, I am the honorary, let me say this, I'm the honorary president of Thea's Nation. Thea's Entertainment is ran by Dre's mom. Mm. She's the sole owner of that. She owns everything over there. Anything with Dre, if I want to use his face or something, I have to call her. Mm-hmm. Okay? So he put out these rumors that I've been putting out all this music and I left Dre daughter uh, broke and I took 12 million. First he said his mama too. He said all this, he said all this stuff. He said his mama, his daughter, all this shit at first in his first interviews. He said we pimping his daughter. He said all kind of foul shit. And that's where Wack came with all that. That's why Wack got to send all that extra shit. He said, oh, we, had, okay. he said we had Dre killed and then we turned around and then um, killed the niggas that killed Dre. He was, this nigga was just said all kind of shit on the internet. But he was doing it for likes and views because he was getting all the likes and views. He's one. He's a good storyteller. He has a lot of stories he tell, and it be truth. And then he put his spin on all the shit. He was here. He did this. He did that. He tells all these stories, and that should be full of shit. But me myself personally, let me say this, and I'm saying it on camera. And like I said, that is the CEO of this nation. Me myself personally, I have never ever got a check a quarter for anything with Mac Dre name on it from Thiz Nation, from any production company, any from an empire, from a rap bay, from none of his music put out, none of that shit. I do everything <laughs> I do for this company on the strength that I am part of this company. So his mom owns his whole catalog? His mom owns his whole catalog. Mm. His daughter is part of that ownership too. You understand what I'm saying? That's so beautiful because a lot of times it ends up with so a label came, on it, right? So, yeah, so he came with this story. How is his daughter? How is I'm not taking care of his daughter? How is I'm not doing that? What the hell do you mean, bro? You said it in the first sentence. You said it in the same sentence. He said, oh, yeah, his mom owned his catalog of rights, but what about his daughter? What do you mean? His mom and his daughter, if you go on her page, they holding hands together. They taking trips together and all this shit. That's his family. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't make no money. I got my own catalog. I got my own label. I've been putting out my own music, my own music, yeah. my own music for 15 years. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I am, I pushed this. It's been on my neck for 17 years every day. I could be wearing Cubans. I could wear any goddamn chain in the world. Yeah. I keep this because this was the, this is the original custom. It's not the original one. It's the third one, but this is the symbol, Mac Dre, that I keep on my neck everywhere I go. Every Why'd you get it remade? Huh? Why'd you get it remade multiple times? Um, just... Just to update it, just mm. to update it, just to update it different ways. That's dope, though. Yep, just to, just to keep it, you know what I mean? No, and I mean, I've, I've been close to a ton of rappers who died, and at some point there's always a conversation amongst the DJ, the, the, the rappers who are close to them, the family, whatever, which is like, we got to keep their name alive. Whether it's, you know, every yeah. time you perform, you do a segment right. out of your set you where you play their songs, area. shit like that. So, I mean, you guys doing that and then people trying to, like, make it out like it's some evil oh, shit yeah, is kind of crazy because that's yeah. what everybody so, does when someone so passes, right? So here's the right? flip side of that. Now, if we would have just been pushing this and then still making all this music, they'd have said, oh, now y'all going to forget about Mac Dre. Exactly. Now y'all going to forget. But because everything we do, we do in the name of Mac Dre. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. We are Mac Dre's Thiz Nation. That's what that say. Mac Dre Thiz Nation. So it's up to us to keep his name alive. You can't come to the Bay Area and do a show and not say rest in peace, Mac Dre. Drake, where Mac Dre Shay just was out there last month, he, yeah. every time. Mm. You feel what I'm saying? And that's because we make sure that you know that this is our legend over here. You feel me? It's my kids, that, that generation, they know about Mac Dre because of us. Mm. Mac Dre, all these kids is in hip hop right now, they wasn't around for Mac Dre music. We right. had to keep it in their face. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? And that's we hard had, to do. We've been having Mac Dre Day for 
17 years. Mm. His mom does a Big Mac Dre Day every year with Live Nation. His mom and his daughter sit up like presidents and watch their show every year while he's trying to speak about what they got going on. And that's why she burnt that cover, because he's speaking out of, t he don't even, he just making up shit. He talked, he told a story about he sent somebody to, to beat up some dude that she was messing with. And I'm like, none of that shit is true. Mm. None of that shit is true. And, and, and that's how JT is, where anybody that know him, know he's burnt every bridge he's crossed. If you listen to every story he got, Every every bridge he's crossed, he's burnt it with, with with somebody. But you feel like he cleaned it up a little bit when in the interview that I did with him. Where yeah, he, yeah, he cleaned some shit up. Did he start it? He mm. cleaned some shit up because he started because he had literally had people in my inbox. So how could you do that to Dre? The back door on the back door, like little people was literally thinking that me and my little cousin had something to do with setting Dre up. The two closest people, his co-defendants, the people that ride the hardest for him in the world. Mm. You feel what I'm saying? Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, mean? I don't see that on me. That's like, weird. You wear the nigga mean? face on your chest every day. <laughs> every day. And, and on your arm. It's, not, to mention, on, not to mention, I had never been to Kansas City a day in my life. I'm fresh. I was still on federal probation. That's why I asked you, how is that being there? Yeah. That That's was why still, I asked him that Yeah, earlier, yeah. I was on know? federal probation. So yeah. I went to Kansas City and started developing relationships with Kansas City niggas the day after. Like, I flew out there on some other shit. You know what I'm saying? No, I was on some other shit. Hell yeah. You feel me? But at the same time, I'm an artist. So, of course, I'm going to still push my movement. And after Dre passed, I stepped up. Everybody was, it had other artists on our label. They all did their thing. Everybody did their thing. But I pushed so hard that I stepped into a light where everybody knew that when they seen me, they seen Dre. And I made sure of that. That was my whole thing. Like that was this was his dream. I'm living his dream. I had all kind of other shit going on. You feel what I'm saying? When Dre passed away. I was laying in the bed with two bitches in San Jose, with a Range Rover parked outside on a whole nother movement. wasn't even really tripping like that with the music because I couldn't travel like that. So I was doing what you just seen. I was on some other shit. I had my own thing going on. When Dre passed away, we knew. Bro, we got to go hard. We got to step it up for the Cuddy. We got to keep the Cuddy name alive. And that's what we did. We brought all, we started Thea's Latin. We got Latin artists all over this country repping Thea's. That's a whole nother movement. Yeah, you, I even see you go back far, man, with fucking with the boy Big Meach. Oh, yeah, bro. That's, like, that, that's how I've seen pictures of y'all from back in the bro, day. Bro. Like, now I know, like, they that's really my know each other. And that's why yeah. I be with his son right now. That's why I be with Lil Meach right now. I took yeah. Lil Meach all over the country doing doing shows. I didn't book him. I didn't, I didn't pay for him to, uh, to pull up and do shows at, in three different states. That's yeah. why that's, that's nephew. Yeah. How did you know Big Meech originally? Um, so I, I'm, I've been knowing me since 2003. So I, I met, I met the whole BMF mob in Miami back then. And actually it's crazy because I started my, the album that put me on. I, I actually did started that album pretty much did like 80% of the album at Meech house. So I met him in Miami. And it was at a time, um, it was a Memorial Weekend, and this when BMF was 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 going crazy. They they had a had a big movement. Meach was Meach was uh Meach had a club, the Crowbar. He had a club in on South Beach that he was on. So every night, everybody would go to this club. Everybody would go to this club. So I was I was going down the street. We was mobbing down the street. It was a whole bunch of BMF dudes on the side of the street and all black with BMF shirts on. I was passing by, and motherfucker called my name. His name Big Cuz. Shout out Big Cuz. Diggs called my name. So they knew us, dude, knew who I was through um, a DVD we had called Trio Television. And then um, at the time, I had when I first got out of prison, I was on BET, a show called Old Drama. 
So they had a, a documentary on me about when I first, when I very first got out of prison. Um, that was on BET. So they knew who I was. So Big Cuz called me over there and they was talking and they got to talking about the trio television and all the shit. And they was like, bro, you got to come by the mansion. The boss would love to meet you. Yeah. So I went by the I went by the uh, Meach house that night. He had a he had a mansion in in uh in uh in Miami. So I went by his house that night. Met Meach that night. As a matter of fact, me, Meach, and, and Suge all met on the same night. We all met and we went and sit, chopped it up and all the shit. So I started fucking with Meach. I was supposed to be out there a weekend and ended up staying there for a whole month. Ended up recording there and all the shit. And me and Blue Da Vinci got tight. Yeah, no, we, was doing, we both was on our music shit. So right. that's how we even got to the shit with the whole with the whole whack one hundred shit. So me and you know, so uh, Meach, well, I'm fucking with BMF Tough. I'm fucking with him. You know, we tapped in. So we we close close. Yeah. So um, Meach ended up going to jail. So while Meach in jail, Blue Da Vinci had a, had a deal with Koch. He had a deal with Koch Records at the time. So uh, he had a tour set up. So he was uh, like a real tour across this whole country. He was um, pushing a single that he had uh, he had with Fabulous and Jeezy. And he was really chasing Jeezy to get, he was chasing Jeezy, was chasing Jeezy around the country. To wasn't get he the, the one that changed Jeezy's name, Big Meech? Wasn't he the one? Because I think he went by the name of Lil J. He said, no, nah, that ain't going to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He changed yeah, his yeah. name up really? on him. Yeah. yeah, his name was Lil J originally. That's how you would have knew him. Now we got a new little. How's, how's that feel? Like you would have <laughs> knew him as Lil Jack. It wouldn't even have been Jeezy. Shit, I hope it ain't like the, uh, the current Lil Jack. It's just all swagger. So this was at the time when when I met him. This was at the time <laughs> when they was just really pushing the pushing the me uh, Jeezy album was finna come out. This first album was finna come out. This was around that time they was, was tearing the clubs up and, and and really pushing pushing his music, playing the DJs to play his music and all the shit. So um, long story short, Blue had a tour. So I go, he called me, man, come on this tour with me. So I'm like, pack up, bro. I bring my crew. I bring some of my dudes. I brought like six of my bitches. And we went on tour with BMF. It's 20 BMF, BMF bus. We hitting city to city. We started in Detroit at the Super Bowl. We Detroit, Ohio, New York, everywhere. We stopped and we pulling up. We at the radio station in the morning. We at the club at night, the strip club that night. Then we to the next city all over this country. And um, so um, that's what he went with uh, Baby Blue get killed. He lead the tour. He got killed mm. in Atlanta. Yeah. That was his little brother. That was my little bro. Baby Blue got killed in Atlanta. And then we ended up, so we had to shift the tour to the fact when we shift the tour, we find out that indictments is out. And Blue was indicted. So at the end of the tour, we had did like 22 cities. At the end of the tour, we shot the bus to the Bay Area. So we brought the whole BMF bus to the Bay Area and made that the last stop because he had an indictment. So we literally took the bus to my neighborhood, took that motherfucker to my mama house, had that bus at my mama house for about a week. And Blue ended up staying with me. He and him and a couple other motherfuckers from the mob ended up coming and staying, living at my house, sent everybody else back. And that was like my little brother, you know? He was fucked up for a minute. He had to go through all the shit. So we was close. We was moving around, doing all the shit. He was up <clears> under <throat> my movement for a minute. And then um, he ended up getting caught in Vegas. He had indictment that was, was looking for him. So he ended up getting caught. It was a Magic Show weekend, and he get caught in Vegas. They got on him in Vegas, Magic Show weekend. So he go to the, he go to the feds and all the shit. But he keeping in touch. It's my bro. He calling me and all the shit, do the shit. So on the day that Blue gets sentenced, he calls my phone. Now, he called me. I'm sitting in the MGM in Las Vegas. He's sitting next to me. <laughs> Kilo's sitting next to me at the MGM. And uh, he called my phone. He tell me, bro, yeah, I just got the five years and blah, blah, blah. So he telling me, woo, woo, woo. All the shit. Okay, that's what's up, Cuddy. So while literally while he talking to me and telling me this, the phone click 
and I see his baby J from BMF. I'm like, hold on. So I click over, and baby J like, hey, Cuddy, this is baby J. I got Meech on the other line. He wants he want to talk to you. <laughs> so Meech is like, mind you, Meech in the feds. So I'm like, click him in. So Meech click in. We say Diggs. He say, I know Blue like a brother to you. He like a brother to me. He say, but he went to court today, and Blue's a rat bastard. So I'm like, oh, oh, what are you? You know, I'm like, Meech, I got Blue on the other line. What are you talking about? He yeah. said, bro, just what I said. He went to court. He took this deal. He, he he debriefed. He was telling me all the shit. I'm like, hold on, bro. So I'm clicking over to Blue. I'm telling Blue what, what Meech just said, and Blue trying to explain this thing. So I'm going back and forth to where else Meech like, man, I ain't got nothing else to say. So, you know, now this is Blue's boss calling him a rat. So I'm like, okay, I got to back up off you, Blue. So when we get off the phone, I just basically back up off of him, you feel me, to see what's going on. So now to, to, to move on to what was going on, so Blue was doing interviews. Now let's fast forward to now, okay? So this was, this was years ago. So Blue was doing interviews just recently, and he, you know, WAC, was, WAC 100 was speaking up for Blue. And he was like, um, yeah, yeah, Blue ain't, ain't told on nobody, ain't no paperwork on Blue, blah, blah, blah. So Blue did an interview <clears> with, um, <throat> with one of them uh, podcasters, and they asked him, well, how did the rumor come out for you being a rat? He said, well, what happened was Big Meech called bitch-ass Jay Diggs. I shouldn't be giving him no clout, but blah, blah, blah. I got hella disrespectful and, and said and, and told Jay Diggs that I was a rat, blah, blah, blah. He said, but he was trying to talk, but, but he thought I told about this limousine and blah, blah, blah that we all knew about and all the shit, but it wasn't even about that, and, I, and he cleared his name, and that's what he was basically saying, right? So when he said that, when he said that, I basically called in, and I told him, I say, um, let me tell you the real story. I said, that's not what Meech was mad about. Meech was mad because he took a debriefing where you got to go sit down with the government. You feel me? Mm. When you debrief, you got to go sit yeah. down with the federal government, blah, blah, blah. They got to agree with what you say. They take it back to the judge and say, okay, we happy with what he said. Go ahead and give him a safety valve, whatever you was going to give him. Okay, so I told that story, and I said, you know, Wack is a smart dude. Tell Wack to ask Blue about the debriefing paperwork. That'll clear his name. Get the debriefing paperwork. Let's see what he said in that little room that they take you in. And that's all I said. So when I said that, somebody went on the podcast and uh, on that clubhouse shit and told Wack, oh, yeah, uh, Jay Diggs said your name or something. And he, well, Jay Diggs? Man, who is Jay Diggs? I don't know no Jay Diggs, man. Fuck Jay Diggs. His mama sucked dick. Uh, this, that, this, that just went bad, all the way bad on me. I'm like, damn. I said the nigga was an intelligent nigga. He, he should just ask Blue. And he said, oh, he running my name. His mama sucked dick and woo-woo. Now what you going to do, Jay Diggs and blue, blue, blue? You feel me? Like, and I didn't know dude like he, like, like, like he didn't know me. So I'm like, my nigga, damn, like, what did I do to deserve that? So when he said all of what he said, like, of course, like, I got to respond to that. And then not to mention, when soon as he got off, off the line, he went on his Instagram and then he put a word on the street, Jay Diggs married to a man. And then uh, he put that on his Instagram, still on his Instagram. He put that on his Instagram. And then uh, a couple podcasts later, he started talking about, uh, yeah, I heard he killed his, had his homeboy, uh, Mac Dre, killed. Uh, then he said something about, oh, yeah, I heard he, uh, he, um, he registered sex offender. He's a pedophiler. 
And there was, you don't think that there was anybody like in his ear telling him like, "Hey, shit on Jay Diggs or something," or like, "What do you think well, motivated well, well, him well, to want to take you, Amy?" I'll tell you, I'll tell you that that the shit what he said with Mac Dre that came from the JT shit. That's what I'm saying. The JT started this shit about three years. But ago. initially, him even firing at you in the first place, you think that was um, just, just kind of random? Blue, just defending oh, okay, blue. Yeah. Think, you know, that's what it was. Defending blue. Okay. You feel me? He he was trying to stand up for blue, and I basically brought up a good point. I brought up an excellent point. You feel me? And it was just like you know. Fuck him, you know he. I understand, he, you know he riding with blue, whatever it is. Yeah. But you know, for the, the nigga to go off on me like that, that's you know, <clears throat> them fighting words. Let's do it. You know, he said, "What I want to do, what you gonna do? Let's just do that. Let's do that like men." You yeah. feel what I'm saying? Like I told a, a thousand times. You feel me? Let's let's do it for the culture, man. Let's show that the two people that got a beef can get in the ring, or not. I we don't got to get in the ring. We can go right in front of the no jumper sign. I won't bear a knuckle and let's get it up. Maybe in back. Set it up. I, no, like, that's what I'm saying. There's two right, men. You, if you guys two, are going to do that, you're going to do it without me. Men. I'm not two, Don two King of this shit. Two grown men, man. <laughs> two grown men. Set it up, Adam. I just want to beat him up. That's all. Uh, uh, we ain't got to, you know, after that, it could be over with. I'm not going to lie. You guys are both cannonball men. I will knock men. him out, Adam. Period. I, I'm not, I'm not now, picking favorites on this that. one. Yeah, I will tell, we'll tell him let's do it. Right. Yeah, I say that. Where he at? I'm bring sure. him out. Bring him out. I'm probably here. Go bring him. Go kick him. He nah, said he want to yeah. know why I'm here. Like, uh. no, nah, he was not invited today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tagged him. I told him I was here though. Oh lord. You tagged him and told I him? tagged him before I even came here and said I'm here. Just so y'all know. Dear God. Yeah, I did. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. So that what what inspired you to make a song about him? That when he went off on me and he talked to all the shit and then he didn't want to meet me, I said. I guess that's yeah. I kind of knew the answer to that already. I said. I said okay. Now at this point, at this point, at this point, this is how I feel like I can get him to go ahead and accept the challenge. Like, come on, bro, let's do it. Like, you didn't embarrass me. You didn't disrespected me. You didn't um, made up lies about me and rumors. The only way to clear shit up is to bring everything to the forefront so everybody can say, well, what the fuck is they? What did they fight for anyway? Mm. Oh, cause Wax said this about Diggs. He made up these rumors. And Dig stood on it. Like, that's what I'm saying. This internet is so powerful. Like, you got a powerful voice. You got a powerful voice. Yeah. Anything that one of y'all say right now on this platform, people are it's going to stick to them. They'll run with it. They'll you, run with it. You must wield it with, uh, you know, a sense of respect for the voice that you then have. Because saying, mm -hmm. like, his, his, he's married to a man. I mean, if you say that and there's no truth to it, kind of fucks up uh, your, yeah, you credi credibility. your credibility what, in the long run. And that's, run, that's what know? I'm yeah, doing. Yeah. I'm fucking up all this credibility. Because <laughs> everything the nigga said about me right. was wrong. And you can go church the internet, all the shit he said. Yeah. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm registered. If I'm a registered sex offender, that'll be pulled up anywhere. Right. Pull that shit up. Yeah, that paperwork no is easily found. Yeah. Stuff pull, like that yeah, and, and yeah. being married to a man is like, well, we probably could figure that out pretty yeah, easily pull, if that pull was true, all right? that shit up, man. Yeah, but that was my point. You saying I'm married to a man, but all the time you... Backflipping with the girl over here with three fingers in your backside. That's what I'm saying. Like, come on. Allegedly. 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 <laughs> oh. Dear Lord. Well, you know, and that's what I'm saying. This, you know, like I said, and anybody know me, like I didn't used to do this shit. I could I had podcasters every second in my line. You know, just want, you know, just real stories and shit, just real shit. And I'd be I, but he brought me outside. Yeah, you he, don't do he, too many he called his, man, yeah, you. He, he called his clout chasing. No, 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 my nigga. I'm I'm setting the record straight. I'm not going to let you put my name in the street bad and I'm not going to step out there and clear that shit up. Like, I, that's not that's not what I'm going to do. That's not what I'm going to do. It happened with another nigga. His name was Wack, too, in Vegas. In Vegas. Nigga yeah. named Wack. Same shit, yeah, my nigga. He, he stepped in my face. He jumped the gun and called me a rat. I remember that and shit. And the crazy thing about it, I had the camera. I was recording. 
I was recording. I, twist, I switched the camera from the right hand <laughs> to the left hand. And soon he called me a rat. I told the nigga, my nigga, I ain't no rat, nigga. Ain't no paperwork on me. And watch what you say out your mouth. Yeah. And he talked about, blah, 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 and I knocked his ass out. Yeah, and done nothing, didn't another motherfucker, <laughs> yeah. didn't another motherfucker ever call me a rat after that. And it's on the internet. And the crazy thing about it, when he did that, like, we cool now. We cool now. I'm just telling the story. When he did that, when he did that, the nigga that, that I was supposed to have told him was standing right next to me. <laughs> literally standing right next to me. Miami the most. Shout out Miami. Was literally just like this, standing next to me. And and, 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 and and nigga tried to put some some shit on me and say that I told on him. So he's standing next to me. So he tells me, nigga, it's paperwork on you. Instead of him saying on some real nigga shit, hey, man, you know, nigga sent something to my phone, said it's some paperwork on you. And I would say, hey, you know what? Meet the nigga they saying that I told on. He with me. He with me. Ah. That fucks it all up. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, I feel it. But instead, he jumped the gun. You feel me? And ride, ride, ride on me. And that's what ended up happening. Feel like that's how he was always really feeling about you, like wanted to catch you on some sad I, I, shit. I mean, I don't know, but you know, he was he was he was probably a little drunk too. But that's what I'm saying. You know, this this street shit, bro, is, is ways to deal with shit. It's ways to handle shit. And, and even with him, even if he felt that way, you feel me? If he felt that way about me, if he had something he wanted to say to me, whether you know, you know, I understand with this social media shit, that's what it is. It was a call out to me. You called me out. You called me to this platform. To you know, it was what you gonna do, Jay Diggs? Y'all heard it, money. I didn't have to. I didn't make none of this shit up. I don't make none of this shit up. So with, with, with that being said, that's why I wanted, you know, everybody, when I when I got on him with that song, ain't no way that song shouldn't have made every motherfucking blog. Oh, you know that shit funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's funny. It's being, being, and by all that shit being true, it's even more funny. That's kind I, mean, of I understand, I understand <laughs> that's that y'all partner and all this shit. That. I'm not trying to get y'all to go. And, and, and this, is, this is between me and him. Right. And like I say, we can handle this shit like men. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a grown-ass man. I'm not no kid. You know what I mean? It's, you know, I know how this shit go. I know how this shit go. That's kind and, of a wild move, making a song about someone who don't rap. So they can't really clap back at you it, in the medium that you came at them. But I'm not a podcaster either. He gets to say my name every day to 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 this his fans. Very true. Thousands. Not a clubhouse every super user. Day. <laughs> I don't I don't get to do that. I don't got to. He he sat right here in front of you and told you that uh I I, I killed Mac Dre. Right. I was very confused. Yeah, he sat right there and told you. These is Mac Dre best friends sitting next to me. Mm. These is niggas. This was Mac Dre every day. You think I still be able to walk the streets? My whole neighborhood, man, they loved the way the Bay Area loved Mac Dre. Like but, that was never even a rumor, bro. That like, was ne you said that was never a rumor until JT put JT it out in there. JT, the bigger figure, was the first Damn. person that ever said that shit in history. And like I said, our story is written stone. That's why I'm been able to do what I did in this game, bro. Because I can't fell up under this Thiz movement, and they know what I was to this shit. They know how I pushed this movement. They know how I feel about Dre. They know this story. Mm -hmm. This story been told on. BET, American Gangster, it's been told on uh, crime and, and reason, crime and punishment, uh, been Netflix, Vlad Vlad TV, Vlad Vlad started his Vlad interviews off him. The first interview he did before Vlad TV was with me, when he came and did Ghost Ride the Whip interview, he came and did Ghost Ride the Whip DVD in the Bay Area, because mm. I am the first person to jump on top of a car and ghost ride. That was one of Wax's first, or uh, Vlad's, one of his first things one of his that he really did. Yeah, bro, that even turned him into uh, a journalist. Mm. He came, and he really came to do the DVD, and at the end of the DVD, he started asking me questions about the crew, because he from the it's Bay. It's cold game. He started asking questions about the crew, and I gave a whole fucking interview, the whole story I told y'all about Corey, I broke that whole shit down. 
And while Wack was, I mean, excuse me, while uh, Vlad <laughs> was 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 <laughs> while Vlad was doing doing his editing at the wherever he was at, he was in there with the American gangster people, and they wanted the story on us. And he told them he'll give them, he'll get the story, and they let him uh, uh, produce it. Right. So Vlad produced our episode of BET American Gangster That's because crazy. he knew our story. So he was the one behind the scenes asking us the questions through the whole American Gangster. And after that. Here comes Vlad TV. And that's just wild how that kind of birthed like one of the most influential channels in the history of Man, rap actually, music. Actually, tell you, I, I can't make this shit up. That shit was, that shit is true. Everything I just told you is true. He was DJ Vlad before then. Wasn't no, mm-hmm. he, he, he was DJ <laughs> right. Vlad. Yeah. Wow, that's wild. Yeah. Um, okay, so you know that yeah it is pretty wild how much you guys have managed to keep his name alive and relevant twenty years later. You know, and it, you are coming up on the twenty year anniversary, right? We is, it was 04, yep. Yeah. 24, it'd be 20 years. What are you going to do for 20 years? What's, what, like, you're going to do it bigger do than something. what you normally do? For we got to. We got to do We got to do something. But, you know, like I say, and it's always in control. That's what you understand. All that is in the control of Mac. Her name is Mac Wanda. Mm. Anybody want to look her up? Y'all look up Mac Wanda. That's uh, that's Mac Dre's mom. She's yeah. in control of his estate. Mm. You feel me? That's, that's, that's his daughter's grandma. You feel me? That's who who, who runs this, mm. this nation. You know, anything that I pretty much want to do, I talk to Kilo and, and, and Mac Wanda about this. And I, I, like I said, I don't get a check. I don't get none of this. It's going to be verified. You run, so you say you run your own side of business. Yeah, yeah. You got your own side of business. Yeah, yeah, that you yeah, 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 yeah. So my label for years has been romped out this. You feel me? It's just this in the background. It's, it's like a mothership. Oh, and that's just what it's been called. I put out my own music. Seems like you get rap a lot, too. Yeah, yeah, that's what we do. We a crew. Yeah. Like, you see, ain't too many yeah. niggas. Listen what I'm trying to tell you. Ain't too many niggas go to federal prison and come home and they still with their co-defendants. That's my co-defendant right there. Mm. Sitting right there. You feel me? Everybody from where I'm these from, they know who today, bro. They, these niggas know these who niggas Kilo is. That's, that's, the, that's, that's a Bay Area boss. He's a legend. And he's right here with me today. So, so ain't too many people go do that kind of time. I came home to both my co-defendants. We went to trial together. Niggas go to trial, and they come home, and they start be wanting to kill each other. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. We set a status way years ago. Way years ago. So, so that was my whole thing, man. It was like, you know, motherfuckers can say what they want to say, but anybody that followed this movement know that we screamed to Mac Dre for a reason. That's the reason why he's one of the most celebrated rap. He wasn't even as big as... Biggie or Pac or none of that, but I guarantee you, you hear his name as, as mentioned just as much as their names in this hip-hop world, especially if you come anywhere around our section. You feel me? All the rappers still to this day still shouting him out and everything because that's just one of the things that they, you know, and for real, for real, if you want to keep it 100, a lot of these rappers use that just to get that Bay Area love because they know if they say Mac Dre name in a song, oh, the Bay going to fuck with me. You feel me? Oh, let's go to the Bay and do a video. That's what Drake did. Like, he, he, bro, Drake got unconditional love because him and Lil Wayne came to the Bay Area. They shot the Bay model, and he hit that line, rest in peace, Mac Dre, I'm going to do it for the Bay. Okay, when he did that, bro, he got unconditional love from the Bay Area way years ago. Years ago, before he was the great Drake he is now. Mm. And that's what I'm saying. So a lot of people use that. They use that, or they try to use Some people, they don't work for it. Some people don't work for it, but a lot of people, they know if they scream Mac Dre, they're going to get an unconditional love. Right. And you feel me? So why wouldn't we rep that shit to the T? Like, we're going to rep that forever. I'm going to die repping this shit. Has there ever been an example of somebody repping Mac Dre or shouting him out that you felt like was distasteful, or is it always done in a way that you appreciate? Um, I mean, I, I can't say that no nothing distasteful. I see some of the great bros. It, it's, it's dope the way he's still celebrated, and I appreciate everybody to do it. 
like I say, you know, I I really ain't really seen no that I can think of, you know, other um, when well, you know, some people want to call it shouting out when they when they do shit like bootleg his his his, mm. his image and and shit like that. But I that's fuck not with a shout Drake because he was a real representation of the game, man. Yeah, yeah, game like he really came from it. Like I, I fuck with bro. Yeah, he talked. You know what I'm saying? Because he used to talk his shit and then he wasn't afraid. And, and he lived this shit though. And people was fucking with it because he would hide it in the lingo. How he was saying, people would just think like all them 2,000 white kids, they, it would just sound cool to them. You know what I'm saying? They didn't really know what he was rapping about. You know, they just hear him hitting his lingo and it sound cool. But the nigga was really telling the story. Yeah. You know? It's all cold. the time. It's and, that's, and that's one of the reasons why I still, you know I mean? I'm an independent rapper, but that's one of the reasons why I still got a career because we tell stories. You feel yeah. me? We still got that old school flavor. Yeah. You feel me? And we they don't got, tell stories still, no more in their still, music. We still, got, we still got a movement. We still got a movement. Yeah. And, 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 and it is what it is, but but one of the one of the biggest things, bro, and, and, and why I wanted to come here, bro, why why I really wanted to come here was to clear up a lot of the bullshit that that dude was saying. And I chose this platform because I know he be at this platform, and this is a big platform. And I appreciate both of y'all having me. No, this shit is real. This shit is, that shit is super real to me. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, at, at the end of the day, with me, that's 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 what's the most powerful thing I got is my name. You feel when, like y'all can get over it one day? And you yeah, know, we got to fight though. <laughs> gotta fight. We first. gotta fight. We gotta touch each other for sure. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Two two men. That's it, bro. Yeah. Like he said too much, bro. Like you, you know. That's what I'm saying. Like, and, and on top of that, he gotta retract that, bro. Like the shit that he said, bro. Like that shit is is. Do you do you understand the stuff that he said though? You gotta listen to. It. You gotta go back. Let's let's think about what this man said. First of all, this man said that I was responsible for killing a Bay Area legend. Not not only my good friend, but we talking about a legend. And he said that shit on his platform. Mm. You feel me? That shit is that. First of all, that's not even you know you can't even call that no street nigga shit because that's not even you feel me. And 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 let's just say had it will be true. Let's just let's just say that had that been true, what, what the fuck would I would do to you? If I'm the type of nigga that I backdoor my best friend and kill my best friend and I do all the shit, you say what do you think I would do to you? Hmm. Like come on man, stop playing with me. But at the end of the day, it's 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 one of them things that if if I didn't feel like if I didn't step to this and address this shit. I got a lot of fans. I got a lot of people out there. I got people that didn't hit me saying that, oh, I used to be a fan of yours, and oh, how could you mm. do Dre daughter like that? And but, man, listen, Drene is a beautiful, grown woman. With Dre, Drene now, thirty-two years old. God, 30, thirty-two years old with a beautiful life. Like you know, she like anybody else. You know, gonna go through whatever they go through in life. But she's very good. She has a beautiful family to love her. We as a crew have always looked out for Drene. You feel what I'm saying? So some of this, all the shit that he's saying, man, is bullshit. And like I said, I just wanted to really clear that up for any Mac Dre fans. Which we, there's a lot, and they gonna tune in. They want to know this story because this shit is this shit is real. And, and, and you know, more than more than anything, that shit hurt me. Oh yeah, he even said that. That's a good point. Right. Man. Okay. I was gonna say that yeah. too. Is he said something about your son who passed away? Yeah. What he yeah, said? I had my son killed for insurance money. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> this is shit you listen, bro. This is shit that you can you can you can you can find online too. Like my son passed away from a seizure, my nigga. How do you do how do you plan that for insurance money? I wasn't no insurance on my son. I had to pay for my son's funeral. He was only twenty two years old. He I was wasn't a expecting kid. my son to die. I, wasn't, I didn't even have no insurance on him. I had to pay for him to get shipped from from Vegas to 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 uh to the bay and then have another funeral. Mm. So nigga don't even know what he talking about. No insurance, ain't no insurance claim. Like that's just fine. It was just throwing shit out there to 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 diminish my name and my character. That's what I'm saying. And that's what he got. He know that that's his strong suit. You feel me? He know that the most powerful thing Wack 100 got is his mouth. We know that. We all know that. 
Mm-hmm. So his way of damaging people is through this microphone. And I'm just not going to stand for it. Most niggas let it go. It's going to go away. And, oh, yeah, he said what he said. But these fans, y'all know, they be in your comments and they be in your comments. And basically, whatever they hear or say, they stick on, they stand on that shit. Oh, that's what he did. Oh, you did that. Oh, that shit fucked up. Oh, I look at dude different. I can't allow that, man. I can't allow that. Right, because I watched this uh, documentary that you did, or like short film around the time that your son died, right? Because you were like really early on doing YouTube shit, because that was like 2012 or something? Yeah, yeah. Worst week of my life. Right. That's what it's called, yep. Yeah, like what made you start doing that kind of YouTube content in the first place? Um, so, because so I, came, I came from a, a video, I came from a video air. So we, we had, um, we, we came from... Um, Carrying video cameras. And the independent videos and all that type of shit. Yeah, Yeah. so we was doing independent DVDs. Like, my first album, I think my first one, my second, no, my second album, I put a DVD in it. So you can buy my album and a physical DVD. So we came from carrying everywhere we went. Like, that was our movement. Everywhere we went, we took cameras. Mm. We took cameras. This was back from Dre, 2003, starting in 2003, Carry cameras everywhere, and this was they was had big cameras and shit. Yeah. No phones and none of that. Really hold the motherfuckers. Yeah. So, so we used to put out DVDs, and that was content that you got paid for. So yeah. we always did shit like that. So when when YouTube had finally came right, it was just about just loading the shit. We was just loading. I didn't even know that you can even make money off of YouTube back mm-hmm. then. We was just putting shit up. I'm still slow on all that shit, but <laughs> I, I have a lot of content because we've always just traveled the country. I'm digs, do it, moving. I'll be in every state in this country, every single one of them. You got you know? shit from back in the day I, that you yeah. ain't put out. Oh yeah, yeah, got, I got, like, bro, I got, I got, I got, yeah. And it's actually it's crazy because I you just got seen shit it of, uh, Dre. Yeah, we got a footage. We got footage. We got so much footage, a uh, different mm. shit. But um, I got shit in my archives right now that's on on the, the little mini cassettes, and I just seen some shit where they got this new converting shit. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna have somebody do that shit because I got just. Just just tapes and tapes of just different cities and states just being places and doing shit. I did that, dude. I had like 20-year-old like little mini DV tapes, and I brought it to some fucking place in a little shopping plaza near my house and had them fucking put it all on a, on a hard drive for me and shit from like my old bike riding footage from when I was in high I, school. That's what I need to do. Cause that I shit's going to look, I think it'll do good. You put I, that type of shit out yeah, like, and put it together. And, and, oh, yeah, that format. content is like priceless now. Priceless. After all yeah, these years, bro. people haven't seen it. Yeah, I, w- I, was, I was running around the country doing that for years. Like I got so much content, hell of content. I got to do exactly what you do. I got them all on them. We ran around with them tapes. It's crazy because we, we did a, a DVD called Trio Television and, um, and how we even started that DVD, right? So I, I was on um I was on the Ricky Lake show when I first came home from prison, right? <laughs> How did they uh, oh, advertise Lake. you, or what, what did they bill you as? So so the show the show was called Love Behind Bars, right? Oh okay. So the the, the this is crazy. So the so the content of the show was Love Behind Bars. So they they brought me on to uh to defend um prisoners, but the, the thing was they had they brought these guests on that was writing prisoners, right? They brought these guests on that was writing prisoners. But it was kind of fucked up because they brought brought the worst situation. Like they brought a an eighteen year old girl that was writing a two time child molester that was finna come home and live with her and her four year old. They brought another dude that had like two life sentences and he was uh, writing this young girl and they was talking about getting married. So they just had uh, from, and he. <laughs> and had so you're murder. supposed to be the guy defending this? So no. So what? So what it was? And then they had they had and then they had the one other girl. They had this black girl on there who 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 a dude got out of jail and she brought him home. And he ended up stabbing her daughter or something like 12 times. So they brought the worst case scenario onto the show, right? 
And um, so and they was talking about these these girls that was writing these dudes in prison, and they had this. They was talking about how they felt like inmates shouldn't be able to get letters and shouldn't be able to communicate with the public when just put them in jail. No pen pal action. Yeah. So when I came out on the show, I came out with a bag of mail. I brought all my mail home from ten years, and I poured it on the stage, and I'm basically telling them. Um, that, you know, I just did 10 years in prison. Like, you know, this is what made me come home and I'm doing what I'm doing now. And it's crazy because when they first tried to call me out, they was like, our next guest, he's going to tell us all about all the scams that they do in prison when they... And I, oh, and, and I said, no, listen. listen that was right a crazy hand, era right hand, of TV, right man. Right-handed God, right God, I stopped. I, I wouldn't even go out. I said, I'm not going out. She got to change that. Yeah. Like this was on live. This wasn't live TV, but they had the crowd and everything. They clapping, waiting for me to come out. I said, that's not what I'm here to do. Y'all got me fucked up. So she had to change it. Our next guest is going to come out and going to tell us about his experiences being an inmate in jail and blah, blah, blah. So I, had, I just basically came out and told him, like, you know, my family and the support that my family gave me in prison is what made me come home and be able now I'm doing music and, and I'm opening up businesses and I'm doing what I'm doing because of that support. You feel what I'm saying? Like, I'm yeah. not out here. And I told him, this is the worst case scenario you can have. These dudes you got up here, like, that shit is not everybody to go to jail. But that is a pretty common scam for dudes who are locked up, right? Is that they'll find fat white women to, like, give them money and, like, sneak yeah. them snacks and shit. Or yeah, but at the, same time, at the same time, them lonely women is getting that attention they want. They getting them love right, letters. So. They getting them phone sex calls. They getting something <laughs> yeah. out of it. You feel what I'm saying? Instead yeah. of just being lonely. So it's it's a, a fair, reason why they fall in love with dudes. Fair exchange, no robbery. Yeah, fair exchange, no robbery. No robbery. But, but, the, but all that extra shit, killing somebody and, and, right. and yeah, right. child molester, that was something different. So it was a cold scenario. But that's yeah. some cold shit, though, to have a lady, like, taking care of you for a few years, and then you get out and just kick her to the curb right away? Don't say that. Is that how it goes? Do you owe them a few months of love? <laughs> I had a situation kind of like that. <laughs> I had a situation kind of like that. For real? But I didn't just kick her to the curb, but, yeah, she just wanted what I, you know, she wanted more out of a relationship than I wanted at the time. Like, she was, she took care of me, like, like the last three years. Like the last three years, I was on the East Coast too. She was flying to the East Coast, sending me money. And, hey, shit. Some people. and we was vibing. We was vibing. Like she was happy when I came home at halfway house. She limo to the halfway house, clothes, all the shit. But you know, it was with her, it was she wanted marriage and all this shit. Hey man, some I'm like, I'm fresh out of 10 apart. years. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I just did 10 years. So it was like. Get out and grow a party. At a well, he, he waited until he got out of prison to have the conversation with her about you know, the fact that he, he wasn't really interested at all. No, right? I didn't even have it. She hey, found out that I had uh, I had three kids on the way at the same time. Oh, you didn't let her know that? I went crazy when I came home. <laughs> I went crazy I when I came home. I was trying to throw some, you know, a spin to it, but he. Yeah, I went crazy, bro. 10 years, man. What you think? I was, I was slinging wood. I respect it. I was going to say, maybe the relationship just wasn't hidden because, you know, in jail, it's, you know, different conversations. Yeah, I could. When you get out and you get in a person's yeah. face. Yeah. But that wasn't the case for him, man. He just went No, nah, he was he in love. No, nah, was crazy. I sent him a girl. Me and him, we had two. We had cousins. Boy, we was in there living. We was on the East Coast. We got caught up in a crack riot, so they sent us they sent us to the East Coast. See, we was in the feds. They had a crack riot in ninety five. What was a crack riot? Uh so the crack riot was uh, back in back in in ninety in ninety five when um when Clinton was president, one of the things he claimed when he came in, he was gonna change the crack law. They had that's when they was giving all this time for crack cocaine. Get caught with quarter pound of crack and you get twenty years. And then but if you get caught with five kilos of powder cocaine, you right. get five and seven years. Mm. So you had all these dudes, all these young minorities 
that was in jail with 20, 30, 40 years behind crack cocaine, and they had all these guys that looked like Adam in there with five and seven years on their way home. <laughs> and that Congress. caused a riot? No, so what happened was is, is Clinton, Clinton got the law put back up in front of Congress, trying to get Congress to change the law to drop it back down. So that, and what that would have did was we released all these dudes that was in there sitting with 20, yeah, 30 years, 19, 20 years old, that didn't even know that crack carried that kind of time. So he put the law back in front of Congress. So on October 20th, 1995, I know this date to heart, <laughs> um, they shut down all the federal prisons across the country because they were finna announce what the judgment was going to be for the mm. crack law and which they ultimately denied it. So wow. when they denied the crack law at the time, me and, me and my little cousin, Kilo, we was on a visit. So we found out early that they denied the crack law. They told us in the visitor room, like one of the guards had told me in the visitor room. So when we walking back to the compound, we see the whole compound shut down. It's like, boy, this shit crazy. So when we get to the when we get to the unit and shit, I'm the one start telling everybody that we that uh nigga they denied the crack law. They denied the crack law. So our whole unit took off and then we passed they passed notes upstairs and the units upstairs, so it got around the compound hella fast that the crack law got denied. So now the whole compound it went crazy. It took over the compound. They breaking windows, beat up guards, did all the shit. Wow. So when they did that, they basically came and kidnapped us in the middle of the night. They came National Guard came in in the middle of the night. And they kidnapped 22 people from Terminal Island, right here. Terminal Island Federal Prison, right out here, San Pedro. Kidnapped you and did what with you? Kidnapped the two of us. Me, he was one of us. Kidnapped two. It was 22 of us. They put us on a bus in the middle of the night. They took us to Lion Park Prison. Stuffed us in a hole in Lion Park Prison in the middle of the night. Bro, I'm talking about it's October. All the windows open. They didn't give us no clothing, nothing, bro. We had to cut mattresses open. We was climbing the mattresses. It was so cold. And they basically had us in here under a, they called a state of emergency. So that Janet Reno called a state of emergency, and she said, well, basically don't do shit for them until further notice. So they would just feed us, give us the bare minimum. They would give us a tray. We had junk, trash everywhere. Luckily, me and him were cellies and shit. <laughs> so uh, and we was in there for like four and a half months, and then they finally came and said they gave us our dates, and it was the East Coast. So they sent us to the East Coast. We went to uh, first stop was uh, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. So me and him both got sent, but they sent us to two different uh, institutions in Pennsylvania. He went to the to the, to the max, and I went to the, to the medium prison over there. And um, I met a little chick out of uh, Pittsburgh. I met a, he was my Sally's girl. It was my Sally's sister. And yeah, and yeah, we turned it up. <laughs> we turned it up. Next thing you know, we had weed. He had weed. We had, yeah, we was getting visits, everything. He was doing all the shit. I got, I got, I got a, uh, my counselor over there. You can get a, a co-defendant call. So I had my counselor call. My counselor called his counselor and put him on the phone. So they had to leave and let us talk because it's like a case. I'm like, bro, I got you a bitch. So that was the weed connect that ultimately got you in trouble, though. Um, no, not that one. Not oh, that okay. one. I went to. I went to. <laughs> I, I ended up going to seven prisons, bro. I got so once. So once you get in trouble like that, you get a lot of times you get was put on diesel therapy, um, and, and they they had considered they had considered me a shot caller. So basically, every compound that I would go on. You feel me? Especially when I got to the East Coast, it ain't nothing but 10 Cali niggas or certain shit. So every compound I would go on, I would be under a certain observation. And anything happened, they talk about a food strike or anything, the first thing they're going to go get is certain people. And I was on that list. So anytime, and, and that's just how a compound go. A compound will go up any second. Any second niggas start talking about something, any kind of Crippin' Blood War, North Daniel, Serenio, anything, bro. They're shutting the pound down, and the next thing you know, you gone. So that happened to me. I, 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 10 years, I went to eight different prisons. Uh, most of them was on the East Coast. I paroled from the East Coast. You feel me? Him too. I, he was the East Coast. We all, all over the country. 
That's how I be for the feds, though, right? Yeah, yeah, they ship you out, my nigga. That's why I know somebody in every state in this country will pull yeah. up. They gonna pull up and say, you know, all the shit from the feds. Wow, that's wild. Um, okay, so what is like? What do you think is like the current state of the fizz movement and everything? Because like a lot of people hear that and they assume that it's mostly like a drug-based thing. I know that you don't think of it that way though. So no, no, it was it was a movement. You know, one thing about it, you know, it was what it was. Mac Dre was was the first artist to come out and say, "Hey, man, look, I don't know what you do, but I pop pills, and when I do, I go stupid." <laughs> you feel me? It was that's what it was. And, and then when he did that, people, oh, you do that too? Oh shit, it's cool to say we do that. Yeah. And everybody started coming out the closet that was already in the closet doing it anyway. And, and it was just a movement, bro. And his thing was, see, see, if anybody know Dre Music, if you knew Dre Music prior to going to prison, Dre Music was serious. He was young black brother, times getting crazy, too hard for the fucking radio. And then when he came home, it was Thiz dance and all the shit. He was having yeah, fun. Dre started having fun with music. And that's what he told me. Like, I remember in the studio, we was doing a song, and I'm rapping and shit, and he pulled me out the booth like, Cuddy, come on. Loosen up, man. Loosen up, bro. You're not in prison no more, man. <laughs> you feel me? Have some fun with this shit. And that's just how he was. He was at that stage, bro, where he, he figured it out. He figured out what he wanted to do with his music and how he wanted to do it. And he was rocking with it, bro. And he showed us, you feel me? It's just basically the path. You feel me? He showed us the path. And Dre, you know, and, and then and, and even just like I said, even with JT, he said that Dre fires. Dre, I didn't work for Dre. Dre was my friend. He didn't work for Dre. Kilo and Dre was business partners. You know, we was friends, bro. What I did with him was on the strength. Like, I didn't have a job. I didn't have no certain. My job wasn't this. I, everywhere you see, bro, I would, I would hype man and all the shit. You feel me? But at the same time, I would go to the studio and was working on my shit. But as far as getting paid for anything on Mac Dre, bro, y'all know how to check music. You know how to check music. You know how to check YouTube. You know how to check any of that shit. You would never find my name on nothing right. that Dre put out. None of his shit. None mm -hmm. of his shit. Now, what I did do is I had me and Mac Dre songs. The very first, after he passed away, probably probably a year after he passed away, two years after he passed away, I put out a CD called Dre Diggs. You feel me? And that was me and his songs. That was me and his songs, the songs that me and him had together. I put them all on a CD, and I put that out. And that was the only thing that I ever did. And that's just Jay, that's just Jay Diggs and Mac Dre songs. And that's Dre Diggs. Right. right, you feel me, and that's just another way of me smashing, saying that yeah, me and my cutty, period. Right, right. Four hundred forty thousand monthly listeners on Spotify still. That's pretty crazy. That's a shitload. Mm -hmm. That's moving. Mm -hmm. That's uh, keeping the the movement alive, you know, for sure. Period. Um, what keeps you going in terms of like doing actually doing the music yourself as you get older and stuff? A lot of times the game tries to kind of like hate on older guys who are still rapping and shit. Yeah, my fans. And I try to tell you, and I be telling these youngsters this too. You know what I mean? I still got fans. Mm. I still got fans. I got, I got, I got, I got probably two or three thousand Spotify listeners. <laughs> Check me out. But um, so so what what my thing is is is, is that um. Is, is my fans. Like, you know, as long as I keep dropping music and I still do a million views here, a million views there, hundreds of thousands of views from my, my music, I'm going to drop it. I still get paid for it. They tell me, keep going. And, and, and when I consider my music, a lot of my music, I consider timeless music. You know how this shit yeah, goes. You know, today sure. right now is fad music. It's what's in right yeah, now. It's what's Cloud in. music and all the shit. Yeah. You feel me? A lot of the songs I write, it's just like our, the songs that, that our parents used to listen to, talking about relationships, but 
our kind of relationship. Our kind of relationship. Man and yeah, women, man. the shit that we go through. So I do yeah. a lot of songs like that. Yeah. You feel me? That 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 that, that my air. You feel me? Yeah. My air still want to hear. You know, yeah, I, I grew music. up in a rap time, so I still I got fans that's this yeah. forty years old, forty five years old because they grew up in rap time too. They don't want to hear drill music all day. Mm. Right. They still want to hear. Some cool little shit. Let's talk yeah. about some females. Let's talk about getting some money and all the other little shit. You know, on a different level. So I, yeah. I and, and some stories and shit. So I still got I still got them fans that want to hear digs. It was like short. Short was talking about retiring fifteen years ago. Uh -huh. right. Album ten. Right. <laughs> right. Look at him now. Longest yeah. running rapper in history is still relevant. Short yeah. came out eighty three. Finally, somebody else came out eighty three. The Godfather. I can't help. I, I always tell this. Like he's the real Godfather. Came out in '83 and still relevant right now to this day. I remember I went to one of those uh, shows one time that they do, and it was like the game exhibit DJ Quick, like all these fucking headliners from back in the day. And you just look out into the audience and you see mad, normal, grown ass people holding a beer, nodding their head yeah, with yeah. their wife and shit, and just head. still and hyped on rap. Yeah. But it's like a side of that shit Bro. that I don't really get to see a lot of times. And that's why I get I get so many fans. I got so many fans that look like you that grew up on my music and now they kids be at my shows bro mm -hmm. like and that's just what it was and and, and and with this independent with this independent music see we could do that a little long we get a longer run than the than the mainstream the mainstream is based off these kids and shit you don't mean a lot and if you're not a a, a snoop a 50 that got one of them 30-year careers, <clears throat> you're going to come in like the sports athletes. You're going to be here four or five years. And but Snoop and 50, I feel like they eating in a whole different angle right now. But that's now. what like, I'm saying. They, they, they do they, so much different shit now. But that's, like, but that's what you're is, supposed to do. But yeah. that's, what, that's what I'm saying. And, 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 and a lot of artists is going to come and go. And, and five years from now, some of these artists that are hot right now, you ain't going to forget about them. And a lot of them not going to have Yeah, they transform from but, artists but, to brands. But with mm. this independent game, bro, with this independent game, see, see, we we raise kids, bro, and we get to we get to get up and close and personal in a lot of these sections that these mainstreams ain't going to go to. Yeah. You feel me? So our movement stay alive. These little sections that we go to, bro, it, it's crazy, bro. The independent, and I always tell people, if you started off in the independent and you had a good independent movement, and then you do go and flip over to the mainstream, bro, you're going to have a crazy-ass career. Mm. A crazy career. What's your perspective on when you look at a lot of the most popular artists coming out of Northern California? A lot of it is extremely violent, gang-oriented stuff. Uh, How does that sit with you? What do you What do you think about all that? I mean, it's it's, it's with the times, and like I said, I I, I really just I, I feel like it's not. It, it, it's they, you know, they doing their thing for sure. It's the it's the music, it's there, but I, I feel like that it, it's it's going to fade out. I don't feel like it's. It's, it's longevity music. You feel what I'm saying? That's the point I'm making. Like that's, I feel like that it's just the time that we're in right now. That that's what we're talking. That that's what they're talking about. So I feel like that that shit is really gonna fade out in a while. And, and, and it's pretty. You know. You know how this shit go. One minute is this. Yeah. One minute is that. And, and it is what it is right now. But it's it's gonna have to turn into something else. Like everything can't just be drill, 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 drill. Mm. And it's going. It's it's losing a lot of content. Music is losing a lot of content right now. Yeah. It's losing a lot of content. Especially as you get older and you have yeah, more but, perspective on it. But the thing about it is it's just the delivery and how dope we is to make it sound. You don't mean everything is, you know, it's just motherfuckers. It's music. It's music. If it sound good, 
you know, the females gonna sing it, they gonna shoot up and everything until the shots start firing for real. <laughs> then they gonna be crying and screaming. Because rapping on beat has become very popular. Yeah, like, you know, that's, that's what they say. You know, rapping about nothing. Really, no, like, no, no talent is the new no talent. Substance. Yeah, we've been heard that. We've been hearing that for years. No talent yeah. is the new talent. It's the new talent. So you man. can really, you can really win today. Like a, a yeah. artist can just pop up one day with a catchy ass hook and be the hottest thing in our country. We didn't show that. <laughs> Catchy hook one day and you the hottest shit in the country. Hottest right? shit in the whole country that Man. quick. So that's that's what that's the state we in. Like it ain't even you don't got to even work that hard no more. Like you know we we used to be really work. You yeah, had to go, had to go get a, work. a whole album. You <laughs> know what I'm saying a whole something. Now one song. Yeah, all it takes is one hit. And, and you know it's the one. first thing come to mind these days. Like I come, I still write. I be telling these kids, like, bro, you calling me for a verse and come to the studio, I'm going to write. So be prepared yeah, for it. Yeah, not just go yeah, in there and just it. punch in. I got I to But write. you know who started that shit, right? Jay-Z. I felt like it was Lil Wayne when Lil Wayne said, yeah, I don't even write anymore. But Wayne took it from Jay, I think. Jay yeah, was the Jay-Z first was one he was saying that back that in about, the day you know? that I seen. I see, yeah. uh, but, uh, but, you know, Lil Wayne. So Lil Wayne, you know, Lil Wayne changed the way music is, is even put out. Lil yeah. Wayne, when Lil Wayne started jumping on them mixtapes and was dropping shit every week, then that's when artists start. You know, I came from an era when artists was only putting out an album once every two years. You all don't remember that. Because yeah. the label had to get their money back and all the shit, so no, they couldn't put out no it's, album. It's impossible to imagine an artist putting out as much music as Wayne was putting out at that time. Yeah, he, was, yeah. so, he, he so, had years where he so, put out like so, 20 mixtapes. So, so as a major artist, you, you know, the first major artist to even put out uh, two albums in the same year was DMX. Mm, yeah, and that was like unthinkable yeah. so, at the yeah, time. Yeah, and that was unthinkable at the time. Then Wayne went on a motherfucking frenzy, <laughs> and he started doing everybody remix and start dropping everything, and then that changed the way artists start putting out music. Artists and, started and like, he, oh shit. He man. was just dropping it online too. It's not like he was making money off yeah, the shit that, because this was pre-streaming remix and just gas it and go crazy. Yeah. And, and, and that changed the rap game. And right he, now, that's why artists putting out the music. Like, because back in the day, you know, they had to recoup. Like, mm. we got to get our money back first, and now you can put out something new. You can't just keep putting out new shit and we ain't made our money from the last shit. Yeah. And today's time with this internet and streaming, it's like, sh- the more you put out is the more money you're gonna make now. So it's, that was the right. Wild West era of music when they just like there wasn't really money to be made from putting music out in the first place because CDs weren't selling and shit. And like, but dudes like Wayne just took advantage of that that time period. Um, okay, so anything you got going on that we need to know about these days? What, what's, uh, yeah, what's moving up and coming? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. First of all, you know. For anybody that's really in tune with my story, you know, this story is real. It's written in stone, you know, and, and my thing, first of all, was was to, to make sure it stay the stone it is, you know, and not let somebody just come after 20 years and try to rewrite our story. So so with that being said, I have a brand new book out. It's called Soul of a Gangster. It's my life story, everything that I didn't told y'all, plus, you feel me, all the shit, really, really my story. Um you know, uh, I got a, I got a movie in the making right now, like literally, like literally a contract, all the shit, life rights, all the shit that's basically based on my book, too, that's coming soon. Y'all going to be seeing that, too. And I, it's just, you know, Let me get a copy. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, anytime you in Hawaii, anytime you in Hawaii, Honolulu, pull up. I got, I got, I got a spot called Catfish Corner. Really? Hell yeah. Uh, how'd, you, how'd you start a business out there? Um, Just going to Hawaii. Hawaii. I, I, <laughs> I love it out there. I went to, I went to Hawaii. Yeah, I'm just I went, going to Hawaii. It's the to, best, bro. I, I want to move there. You seen 2012 <laughs> in Hawaii, right? That picture yeah, you yeah, seen? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that, that day, that particular day, that same day, I just I shot a video on the beach. When I left the beach, I ended up uh, getting into it with some security at a club, me and my partners, that turned into a brawl in the middle of Kuhio, in the middle of the street in Hawaii. And... um. At first, I was initially charged with attempted murder, 
and, right. and terrorist threats. And um, we got arrested. I had to bail out and all this shit. But I ended up on probation in Hawaii. So I turned vacation into probation. So you had to stick it out for how long? Um, Shit, I had four years probation there. So I just had a place there. So I got a place there, and I was living in Vegas. I was going back and forth from Hawaii. I would just go to Hawaii for a week, uh-huh. see my probation officer, go back to Vegas, play play in Hawaii. Me and the girls go out there and play for whatever and go back and forth. So that was my thing for for, for years. And then, um, shit, uh, I ended up getting violated in 2018. I got violated for a weed case in Vegas. I got violated and got sent uh, to the pen in Las Vegas. So I had to go do 18 months on a violation and um, after I got out on the violation, uh, Hawaii picked me up. Like, I literally got released from prison. I got released from prison. I'm in, in, in release, finna get yeah, out. Yeah. And motherfucker walk in and say, oh, no, you rearrested." So I got shipped to Hawaii. And um, it was just because I was on probation. They ended up letting me out. But I got shipped to Hawaii. I had to go sit out there for a month after they let me out. I had to go sit in their county jail. And after they let me out... So when I got out, I was like, you know what, man, I'm, 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 they, they owe me, <laughs> they owe me. I went through hell of shit. So I really just basically resituated out there. I got four kids that live there right now, and um, and I uh, started a business out there. So I got, a, I got a food truck out there that's at the top strip club. It's a, it's brand new. I, I got a trailer. Me and my son, we got a trailer built and shipped to the island. It just started. It's just opened up about a month ago. We yeah. in front of uh, Club Roxa with Ball Arenas, the top strip club out there from 11 a.m. to 3 a.m. in the morning. Killing it. Got the best catfish in the, in the whole state. Wow. Yeah. Hawaii. Fucking with it. Yeah, Yo, this, we, it's all food trucks out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a whole food truck mm-hmm. planet. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's more in Maui, but but Honolulu, right. we there. So, and we started, we came from um, Seattle. So I partnered up with a friend of mine in Seattle and um, who who already had a historical uh, catfish business. And I, I I brought it down to Hawaii. So that's one of my things. So, you know, everybody come to Hawaii, they come pull up to my truck, take pictures. They come hang out, catfish corner. And I be there a lot. I be I literally, I flew in from Hawaii yesterday just to come here. Wow. Just to come here to do this thing. Bro. It's like, the strip club, like, right downtown? Because I remember we, we pref- uh, there was a Ski Master Slump Guys show that they hired me to host one year, and uh, it was at, what is it, Hawaiian Brian's yep. or some shit? Yeah, Hawaiian Brian's. There's, right like, a strip street. club right next to it. We, like, yep. walked across the street yep, and right went the street. there. Oh, yeah, so I've been there. I did some coke in the bathroom there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, be, they, they, they go hard. Ball Arenas, that's my spot. I just shot video, videos and all that shit inside there. That was the first time <laughs> in my life that I had, like, the the club security was blocking the door so that we could do coke in the bathroom without them without anybody walking in on us. Oh, bro. It was a different Hawaii, part of different Hawaii, era of my life. Hawaii is yeah. different. different era. I've, I've seen some things in Hawaii you'd never see on this side of the like states. Like what? Give me an idea. Uh, uh, like literally in, in one of the one of the uh, clubs before I've been in the club before where they had a vending machine that had everything from fentanyl to what? ecstasy in that thing, heroin, like a literally a vending machine, bro. I couldn't believe my eye. I was like, wow, this is crazy. That's this insane. Is crazy. Yeah, they played. Yeah, this was it was an after hour spot, bro. A real vending machine. I, I, I would fuck? think they just loaded up for the after hours and unloaded that. Now I don't know how. That's what I'm thinking. I'm picturing the cops <laughs> running and looking yeah, at that. Like what's so wow? Yeah, yeah I didn't see it. I didn't see it, bro. They they different. They Holy different shit. out there. You got your money right in Hawaii. You can you can yeah. They they different. Yeah, <laughs> that's good to know. That's my game plan. I'm gonna interview motherfuckers for like ten years, and I'm just going to Hawaii. Just swim every day. 
I'm not kidding. Um, <laughs> hey, so, I, so for real, for real, I know Wack gonna be mad at you for having me in here. You heard what he said. You can't interview me. But no, at least you got the real story, bro. You know that was the whole thing, bro. Like I can't just let, keep letting these people slander my name. Yeah, so, yeah. so, so with, with that being said, why don't you tell him? Just hey, man, why don't you just face to face? That is what I will tell him. It's let's, squabble let's time. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Let's get this shit over yeah, with. Want to get down? Let's yeah. get down. I want to get down. What did we get this whole building for if not for motherfuckers to throw down once in a while, right? Yeah, you ain't even beating anybody up yeah, yet. What's going on? Let's get off where you... We got to find you an opponent. Let's get off where you got mad at, man. That's all I'm saying. Poetic Flacco. So we turned into this fucking arena around this motherfucker, man. Hey, we get man. a bag out of this. Let's get a bag. I don't know why y'all don't get in the ring shit for a bag. That's what I'm, I'm down let's, for, man. Let's shit. Do it. Like a nice, a nice cool little bag. Both walk away. I think he know he gonna get knocked out. I don't know. You seen how he did stitches? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> don't get done like stitches. Yep. It'll be a very different interview next time. <laughs> oh Lord. What? Oh no! I got to bet on the home team if there's gonna be a fight. I don't even know who that is. I heard. Oh, you don't know about stitches? I heard about it. Go, go watch him. Whack knock him out back in the day. That was a good one. I see him fight with the other two. With the other two, white, two white dudes, right? Yeah, that I see cool. that shit. Yeah. That was funny. Yeah, yeah. That was funny. Making my people look pretty bad right, with that one. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Supposed to hold it down, guys. What the fuck? <laughs> I just feel like that's probably why. Why Whack always beating up white guys? He beat up stitches. He beat up these two dudes in the parking lot. <laughs> I'm gonna think about that. Tell him to come fight the black guy. Yeah. Shout out to and Clubhouse. We, I know they're watching this right now. We like the same size. <laughs> and we, I ain't never stood next to it, but we're about the same size, right? Uh, so it's a perfect lineup. I ain't even right? seen you standing up. <laughs> we're about the same size, right? It's a perfect lineup, right? Yeah. You might be a little bigger than him, though. But you're a big motherfucker, and so bro. is he. That would be a bad we're fight, bro. I'm back. We're about the same size, man. We, we could have but some I'm CTE from that fight. I'm man. a South Pole, so train for, so the, you say, train for the left, nigga. So you say y'all can be, so you say y'all can solve, y'all can squash it. All is all. Y'all just get out. Yeah, we gotta get out. We gotta, get we, gotta, out we, gotta we gotta we gotta we gotta do it. We gotta do it. And, 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 and at the end of the day, he got to do his homework and really find out who Jay Diggs is, bro, mm. and, and fix what he said, bro. Like you can't, I can't leave that in the air. And that's why I gotta see him. So when everybody asks, hey, why y'all got down? So I can say, bro, I had to get down for my name. Mm. You feel what I'm saying? That's what I got in the street. My name is the most powerful thing I got because niggas know I stand on everything I mean. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. So it, that's it is what it is. So, I will communicate this message. That's all I ask. That's why I'm I mean, I'm sure you, he's going to see it, man. I knew you he was know? a real nigga, Adam. Oh, yeah. You, <laughs> you know. My, my people might have got beat up in that parking lot, but I, I ain't going out like that. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, all right. Man. J. Diggs, oh, legend, man. Mac Dre forever. You know we appreciate you, man. Yeah, thank you, through, bro. Man. I'm going to say, bro, you, you got at me immediately. Yeah. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. I made sure. I made sure. He got a motherfucking grip. Yeah. I know he can fight. He got a grip. I felt <laughs> it when I shook pause. hands like that, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Pause. Pause, um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, it just let me do this, too. I just sure. want to say this. So I remember JT said a story about uh, Mac Dre's Cougar in the shop, right? Mm. So let me just tell you. So my dude get out of jail after being in federal prison. This was Mac Dre right hand man, Big Don. And Dre blessed him with a beautiful Cougar. Mm. Welcome home, Cuddy. So that cougar that was in the shop that had nothing to do, it's this man's cougar. And that's his cougar. And he still owns that cougar. So JT, with all these stories about J. Diggs and all this fake shit, bro, like, yeah, now y'all got the real stories of who I am and what I am to Thea's Entertainment, bro. I have never been the one. I don't put out nothing. I've never made a car. I'm going to keep standing on that. So I'm saying that so people can do their research and then know 
You feel what I'm saying? Because it's easy to find out who put out shit, who's the who's the distributor. You can find out right. who's the CEO, who put out shit. Check my name gonna be on all my projects, all my projects. And we 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 built a beautiful nation, and I would do it again. And, and I want to commend Kilo for being a grandfather of that shit. He kept yeah. this shit alive. Like he even when I was off my shit, because when I came home, I wasn't all the way right. Like I was doing shit still that could have had me in prison, and I had to get back on my shit. And my little cousin, he stayed straight the whole time, and he kept this movement alive. You yeah. feel what I'm saying? And, and Big Don, he came home, and he you see he got it on his neck too. He is entertainment. Why he saying that Mac Dre family, whatever the hell he was trying to say, believe like this is Mac Dre family too. Like we've been here since day one. You feel what I'm saying? So uh, with that being said, I, I I just wanted to say that that that, that this is a, a blessing for me to be here to yeah. get this off my chest. Mm, you feel definitely. what I'm saying? I needed no jumper to go ahead and put this out here because I stand on everything and and everything is documented that I said. So we could put a stop to all the bullshit rumors about me doing anything to my friend, about me touching anybody's kid, about me fucking uh, stealing anybody's money. All that shit, bro, that shit is, you know, all and it all started like three years ago. That's what I'm saying. Mm. So, and JT retracted a lot of shit. That's what I'm saying. That's how it started. If you go back, I don't know if you've seen the interviews. They got a reaction interview where, on there where they broke, somebody broke it down. Uh-huh. I really just posted it. Somebody broke down all the shit he said before. And how he came in here. Oh, no, I don't believe Diggs had nothing to do with it. But you said that shit. He said it. He literally said it. He said, oh, you know, the back door on the back door, that's when somebody uh, set somebody up and then you went back and killed the person that they set him up. And woo-woo. so he tried to say that's what he literally said this online. And he said all this shit and had people all in my inbox talking about, oh, bro, you did that. Chills, you feel yeah. what I'm saying? Hey, and, and that's what I'm like saying. That's, that another, that's another person. That's what I'm saying. When people use this. Mm. And everything, is. if you hear his stories, everything is, I heard, I heard, I heard. You mm. can't do that. You can't. You said somebody from at my video shoot, so they was dancing around in my video, and then they just whispered into your ear. This, come on, man, like that don't even make no sense. But it is what it is, and like I said, this this is not my regular platform. But I had to come on here and I had to do this. No, man. for sure, and, man. And I wouldn't have to do it with no other body than y'all right now. Oh, y'all, for sure, y'all, man. Y'all really making it happen. So I appreciate that shit. For sure, legendary, yeah. man. Appreciate you legendary. guys coming through. For sure, hundred percent. Uh, any questions? Anything? Like, I, I, and one thing about it, I don't got no secrets. So, if it's anything that y'all want to ask me, anything y'all well, got to do with anything, or anything you heard, or anything like my, my my life is a movie, man. It's an open book too. I don't think we hit pretty right, much I mean, everything. We hit everything, yeah. And I, hey, if there's anything in the future, we ain't got no problem calling you back. Man, <laughs> you, know there you, go. You, you pretty much opened the door for yeah. us for that one. Yeah, thank you, Jay Diggs, my guy. Man, appreciate, appreciate you guys for real. Much love, no jumper. Coolest podcast in the world, sharpest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, TikTok, Patreon, Instagram, etc. Like, comment, and subscribe. Nojumber.com if you wanna support. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, oh, oh. And for the record, my mama is Dr. Betty Diggs. I don't know if y'all heard what he said about my mama. Oh, boy. Dr. Betty Diggs. Let's get that straight. That's how my mama is to be addressed. Nigga. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Get your. Shoot us out the There you go. We out. Appreciate you, man.